morning. Good morning. Welcome to another episode, man. Another show. No stand energy. Good morning. What's up, man? Oh man, welcome, 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 man. I'm just getting over this little, I don't know, man. It's like a some type of allergy. Or I don't know what's going on, man. But you know, the weather's been beautiful. Better. It's all better, man. It's all way better. It's not a little bit better, but you know, it's still out, man. I'm still struggling through, man. Shout out to the family uh coming through this morning. Make sure y'all sharing it out. Make sure y'all liking the video as well. That definitely goes a long way. Um, with the algorithm here on YouTube. But listen, my name is Byron, real estate investor out of Houston, Texas, primarily focused on the wholesale space, do a little bit of creative finance, fix and flip new construction, new to the build to rent space. Definitely excited about that. And uh, we have a, a wonderful conversation that we're getting ready to have today. And I really think a lot of people are going to be able to uh, get a ton of value from. We have industry experts and leaders um, that are going to be sharing things that we need to be focused on, right? I think a lot of times when we go into the marketplace or we interface with the marketplace, if you don't know these things, <clears throat> you don't know how to negotiate better terms for yourself, right? You don't know how to um, set yourself up for success when you're going into these environments. And so we're going to be talking about ways to better um, position yourself to win, S simply put. But, uh, oh, you want to add anything to that? Yeah, good morning, in. good morning. <laughs> O'Neill Parker, real estate investor, entrepreneur, left you, Louisiana. Been investing real estate since 2016, full-time entrepreneur, 2020, do all things real estate. Uh, focus on rentals, passive income, on up leverage to wealth, teaching people how to leverage where they are currently in their life and get wealthy in real estate. But, um, yeah, definitely excited about this morning because, you know, our community, we're, looking to, we, we're trying to increase our ownership rate, but, we need to do it the right way. We don't need to overpay for houses. We need to um, buy houses at the right price. You know, not overpay, not overbid, like we, you know, we've been doing the last three years. So just need to do uh, do it the right way. Leverage programs that they have out there. There's a lot of programs we don't know about. Uh, incentives for building, you know, for new new construction. We need to leverage that as well. So a lot of things that are hitting that 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 people really don't know about, or it's not really shared in our community. So I'm definitely excited about that today. We got a lot of, we got, a, you know, mute. We got a lot of guests today, man. I think this is the most guests we ever had so far. Yeah, yeah. This is this is going to be dope. This is going to be dope. Um, so first and foremost, uh, the first thing we want to kind of talk about is, uh, hold on, let me see something. All right, perfect. I had to put that together. Um the first thing we want to talk about is the lending portion, right? And then we also going to talk about the realtor portion um, because that, that's critically important. A lot of times, you know, finding that right lender, finding the right resources when it comes to who is uh, the best realtor to deal with, I think that's, that's the start, right? Matter of fact, do you even need a realtor in some in some cases, right? So I want to first and foremost bring on... What's the benefits of working with a realtor? What's the benefits, right? So we're going to be no. talking about all of that. Uh, but first and foremost, I want to bring up my guy, Ken. My guy, Ken. Um, listen, going top on, Ken, what's going on? in the building. Oh, man. Hey, man, it's early. <laughs> hey, man, appreciate you, man. Appreciate it's still you. dark outside. It's still dark outside, man. <laughs> This ain't normal for y'all. No, man. I had to, not to think. 
<laughs> hey man, this is where the money is made. This is where the money is made. That time of morning. <laughs> man, Ken, if you can do a little introduction for the people, you know, I think most people know you here, but some people may not. Oh man. Uh my name is Ken Gilliard. I'm the president and CEO of Top Choice Lending. I'm a it's a mortgage brokerage here in the state of Texas in the state of Florida. Uh, I would consider it one of the largest brokerages by numbers uh, as far as the amount of loan numbers I have working for me. Started the shop back in 2019. I've grown into 22 loan officers in two different states. Working on more states, but these two states I'm working work in now is treating me great. So I haven't had an incentive to move on to anything else, but focus on what I have going on now. Um, as a mortgage broker, it's really cool because we're a little different than the bank. Um, we have contracts with different lenders. Um, we focus on a lot of first-time home buyers. That's like literally the majority of our business, FHA, VA, USDA, uh, conventional loans. Uh, we have, of course, we have self-employment loans as a mortgage broker. And working with a mortgage broker is kind of cool because we're flexible, a lot different than other lenders. We don't put you in this box. You don't have to be a 700 credit score to qualify. You know what I mean? And you don't have to be a 700 credit score to have a great rate. That's a cool thing about with us as well. We offer amazing rates, probably beat a lot of our competitors out, and they know that they when they see a mortgage broker, it's like, Jesus, here comes LeBron down the court. It's all right, we're here to stay. Um, but yeah, man, so I've been doing this for about uh have opens come about five years ago. This is my fifth year anniversary, and we kick a bucket taking names, man. I'm excited to be here. Awesome Congrats stuff. On five years, man. Congrats on the five years. What what what's interest rates right now? Shit, I don't know. I don't look at race no more. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, nah, they're in the low low sixes right now, which is pretty good, man. They're, I like, they're I like. Sixes, yeah. At first, last year, the end of the, the end of the year, we were in the high 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 sixes, sevens, some in the eights. If you bet your credit was real bad, but now it's kind of dwindling down and getting back to normal. So, cool, yeah. cool. So, what's some things people should be looking for when they're looking for a lender? Should they look for a lender or a mortgage broker? And what's the difference between the two? Absolutely. That's, a, that's an amazing question. You know, in my, of course, in my opinion, I'm going to say mortgage broker, but it kind of, it, it kind of depends on what fits your need, right? Um, as a, so let me explain the differences and why I say it is kind of best to use a mortgage broker and not just because I am one, right? So before I became top choice lending, I worked for a few different companies. I worked for uh, Model Mortgage. I worked for Verity Mortgage. I worked for U.S. Mortgage. Um, and all those companies, except Model, was what they call a correspondent lender. I worked for a bank as well. And all those companies were correspondent lenders or banks except Model Mortgage, right? Model Mortgage is what taught me what the broker side really was and how flexible it can be. I can't tell you how many deals that I've lost when I was working for a correspondent lender, because we just wasn't as flexible as being a mortgage broker. Um, when, you, when you go to a correspondent lender, correspondent lenders, basically they have what they call a warehouse line, right? That warehouse line will be will somewhere from maybe like a Chase Bank or Amergy Bank or a bank, right? You still have to fit within those bank rules, right? Um, they have minimum credit scores. They're not as flexible. It's a lot of overhead. Interest rates are typically higher because they have so much of an overhead, right? I have to cover it all. Um, and of course, a bank, 
it's a bank, Chase Bank. You put your money in the bank, they're lending out your money that's in their bank to, to consumers. And of course, they have their box. They don't want to get bad credit clients. They don't want to have clients that, that have special things going on. They don't want, sometimes they don't want clients. They're just, just a regular client. You know, um, we, we've heard what's going on with Navy Federal. I mean, there's a lot of things going on with things like that. They pick and choose the type of bars that they want, right? As a mortgage broker, we're extremely flexible. Mortgage broker can be anybody. We are neighborhood people. A mortgage broker basically has what they call a contract with different banks and or lenders. For example, I'm using one that everybody knows, Rocket Pro, right? You have a retail side of Rocket Pro where they have their own loan officers and you have what they call a wholesale side, which is where I work in that arena, right? Wholesale is like going to Costco's where you go get some Costco's or Sam's, depending on what part of the country you are. You go in, you get your stuff at a bulk price and you get it at a, at a discount. Our compensation, well, really every lender's compensation is worked within the interest rate, right? As a mortgage broker, ours is caps. Also, we have the flexibility of lowering our compensation at any given time of the transaction, right? To help the client out, right? But as an incentive to my borrowers, we don't take the max compensation at top choice lending. We like the volume. We want to help our people out. We lower our compensation up front to get the volume, to help the clients out, to make it hard for clients to shop shoppers also the other thing is whenever we pull your credit one time we shop your rate with over 30 different lenders so instead of you having to go to the chase bank or go to the wells fargo or go to all these other companies um that that are uh uh that are corresponding lenders we pull your credit one time and we shop the loan for you so you can we shop the loan while you shop for the home that's my that's basically our saying um so which is which is pretty cool and if at any given time during the transaction that you're a decline, we don't have to, you don't have to go to another lender. Like I get a lot of uh, clients that come to me that have been declined. It's a little annoying. They should have came to me first, but business, nah, nah, I'll be, I'm so serious. A lot of people think that we just are um, a lender who can save deals. No, we help clients out from the beginning. I can't tell you how many times we get clients that are, that are about to lose a house. And I'm like, why didn't you just come to us in the first place? We could have got the deal done. Right, regardless, you know what I mean? And it could be something fairly simple. The client could have a 800 credit score, but it may be something going on and the underwriter are, they don't, they're not flexible like we are and we get the deal done. We just don't have it what they call overlays. And anytime you hear overlay, it's called a requirement. That's all it is, right? We don't have those overlays like everybody else, which makes it simple for us to get the deal done, so. Ken, I got a question, man. Yeah. So you say y'all pull the credit, and y'all shop it around the 30 different lenders. Is that similar like when you go get a car and you shop it around to like 15 to 20 different lenders to get exactly. all those multiple hard inquiries or you only do one? No, we only pull the credit one time. We only pull your credit one time. When you go to a, a car dealership, they're pulling your credit and those lenders are pulling your credit. When we pull your credit, we pull your credit when you use that one trial merge credit report and we use that one trial merge credit report and shop your loan around with multiple different lenders. Awesome. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Well, okay. uh, real quick, I like that. Real quick, so we got. Uh, I want to introduce a couple of our other guests as well, um, because listen, it, got a it, lot it, of friends in the building. Yeah, you know, and there's a lot of things we have to consider when we are making this first time purchase and doing it the right way. Right? Again, we're gonna be talking about how to do it the right way here. Um, so I want I want to go ahead and introduce uh, Ebony. Royale in the building. 
Braden Real Estate Group, you know what I'm saying, right here in Houston, Texas. You want to go ahead and give the people a quick introduction to who you are if they just may not know. Absolutely. Good morning. <laughs> so I had to join with my phone, y'all. The computer was just not working. It wasn't working. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, hi, I'm Ebony Boyle. I am a 18-year licensed realtor in Houston, Texas. Um, I am with the Braden Real Estate Group. I'm also the new agent advisor at Braden, and um, I onboard all the new agents. Um, I'm also a co-owner of Snap House Photography and Videography. So shout out to all the realtors that's using our services. Um, but yeah, you will hear my New Orleans twang come out because uh oh, really from uh oh, but I've from been the city. 18 years. Yes. How long you been in Houston? Since Hurricane Katrina, I'm one of those evacuated. Didn't go back, huh? <laughs> Didn't go back. She got a good take. She went to the turkey leg hood and just was stuck, you and know. Was, just this man, this man <laughs> turkey leg hood with all that stuff they got going on. <laughs> man. Yes, indeed. <laughs> we got to uh, talk about that another time. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the whole, look, that's the whole thing right now, right? Oh, my God. Listen, and we also have we also have Mrs. Danny Peck in the building, uh, representing the new construction realtors. Um, so I definitely want to uh, introduce her, and let's 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 get her to uh, introduce herself as well. Hi, good morning. I'm Danny Peck with Dio Horton. I've been there since last August. Prior, um, prior before I was a real estate agent there in Houston, Texas. So it would have been nice to meet you guys when I was there. And um happy to be here. Absolutely. So, all things new construction. That's me. I love it. I love it. And then we have Don yeah. in the building. Don is in the building. He's gonna be showing us how to basically once you get the mortgage, once you get with the realtor and you find that property that you love, Don is gonna help us pay that thing off in seven years. Uh, uh, you know, I, I want him to introduce himself as well. Okay, that's an average now. That's an that's average. An average. <laughs> okay, let's talk about On it. average of seven to nine years. You know, my name is Don Daniel, founder of Pill Method International, a better way to eliminate debt. And Pill stands for prepayment of principal, isolating the principal amount, leverage, and liquidity. Once you understand these four banking principles, you can then control your interest cost. Folk, we've been focusing for too long on interest rates when we should be focusing on how much is it going to cost me to borrow the money? And do I have any control over it? You better believe you do. Let's cut that interest cost by 75%. Thank you for inviting me today. Absolutely. So we're going to take this thing mm. kind of like baby steps, you guys, if you can. Um, and we're going to lower the 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 you know we need to lower it down so everybody can understand it we want to we want to break this thing down as low as a fifth grade level that way you know everybody can kind of participate and follow along as we go because i know that you guys are industry experts and y'all have seen it all but we want to take it back because there's some people that may be interested in getting that first house that second house um or whatever that may be and they need to understand some of the things that they may be leaving on the table if they don't pay attention to this particular uh discussion so um i know uh, uh i know ken, I'm, I'm gonna start with ken um i know that uh, it's a lot of incentives out here for first-time home buyers 
Uh, matter of fact, before we even go further, what is classified as a first-time home buyer? That's an amazing question. That's, that's really an amazing question because a lot of people think you just have to be a first-time home buyer to be a first-time home buyer, but no. What the definition of a first-time home buyer is anybody who has not owned a property in the last three years. That's all it is. Owned or purchased? Owned. You okay. cannot have owned a property in the last three years. Gotcha, gotcha. So you can't own any properties right now. And basically not own it for three years. That's mm-hmm. exactly the definition of that. I That's like amazing. Yep. I got a I I got a question for uh Ken too. So what is the definition of incentives for a new home buyer? What so what is the incentive? So this is some this is a free game education because a lot of people are misinformed about what first time home buyers are, right? And the programs that's out there available. The only first time home buyer programs out there available are programs through through Fannie and Freddie Mac. I'll challenge anybody to challenge me on that, right? Fannie Mae offers what they call home ready loan, and Fa- Freddie Mac, which is the government government entity, offers what they call a home possible loan. Right? The incentive of being a first home buyer is you get three percent down instead of five percent down on a conventional loan. That's the only incentive of really being a first time home buyer. A lot of people will market it and say that you get down payment assistance, you get all these other programs, but everybody, it does, you don't have to be a first home buyer to be to get down payment assistance. You don't have to be a first home buyer to pull that to 20% down. You don't have to be a first home buyer to put 3.5% out for FHA loan. It's only Fannie and Freddie Mac products, which is a conventional loan that allow you to get 3% down. Everything else is for everybody else to purchase the property. Everybody gets the same incentives. However, people would market to get first home buyers because they're not educated. Say, hey, offer the first home buyer program, it's down payment assistance. No, that can go to anybody. Anybody get down payment assistance. Anybody can give 5% down the conventional loans. People just market a certain way to get certain business, but I like to be upfront with my clients. Once again, Freddie Mac, which is a conventional loan, Fannie Mae, which is a conventional loan, both of those are um, government entities that basically control uh, different guidelines. Um, how, how do you choose which who goes Fannie or Freddie? It also depends on the guidelines that we may be facing with that client on what that that is. Now, another sense of being a first home buyer, you may get a slightly better interest rate, right? Or are you uh, are you baby be able to get what they call uh, no I did I did tell a, a slight story Freddie Mac is offering a twenty five hundred dollar incentive or two percent down uh, down payment assistance program for first home home buyers who are less than eighty percent of the AMI but that's really the only incentive you get as a first time home buyer everything else everybody else can get like that so they got a multiple different things when they come to uh down payment assistance program mm. so i'm sure they got some good ones some bad ones some mm. are grants some are actual loans could you break that down because a lot of people don't understand the difference between a grant and a loan Ooh, i like this conversation baby <laughs> let me tell y'all in mortgages there's nothing free right regardless if it's a well, ain't nothing, nothing free you're gonna I, pay for I, it some type of way the acronym, acronym for grant because it's still not free money right you're gonna pay for it somewhere you're gonna pay for it in your interest rate you're going to pay for it in your taxes. You're going to pay it back once you sell a house. That money's not free, right? Where do you think the feds get that money from? They get it from home buyers. They have to get it from somewhere. A lot of times, those programs, like you may have a bond program, like here in Texas, we got the Seth program, uh, TDACA, T-SHAC, um, 
we got the Sanoa Fund. You got uh, some of my lenders even offer it themselves, uh, like uh, the FHA 100 program. Some banks offer portfolio loans that could be in the sense of going to the bank uh, where they keep the when I say when you, anytime you hear somebody say a portfolio loan, basically the bank is keeping it in their portfolio and they're not going to sell it. Right. So anytime you hear a portfolio loan, that means that that bank is not going to sell that loan. They're going to keep it in their portfolio. Right. And so you may have banks like I'm going to throw it out there. I think Cadiz Bank has a hundred percent program uh, for people. You don't have to be a first time home buyer. You just have to live within a certain um, region in the city. Right. It's a community development program. I wish I had that program. Anytime a client bring that bring that program to me, I'll be fighting hard to not <laughs> like, no, don't go, to, don't go to case. But I can say that it is times that clients would choose us over, over that because we offer a better interest rate, right? You're going to pay it back somewhere. And a lot of times an interest rate, anytime you hear no PMI, they're actually just putting inside the interest rate, right? So instead of you paying it for 20 years, you're paying it for the life of the loan. A lot of people don't, don't know that. People think that PMI is bad and it's not. It's just private mortgage insurance. You actually can buy your PMI out in the beginning of the loan and not have to have PMI at all. And it's a lot cheaper than keeping it for the life of the loan. All thing it is is an insurance policy for the lender just in case you default on the loan. That's all it is. Mm. You're on mute, oh. I can't hear you, oh. My bad. So for the PMI, like to get rid of it, don't you have like that? Don't you need to have like 20% equity in the home to get rid of it? You have to pay down by 20%. Okay. Or whatever the loan is, it got to be down 20%. 20% of the, what the value of the property is. Um, or you can buy it out upright. You just add it to your closing costs and it's a lot cheaper. Um, or you can do what they call lender paid PMI, which basically means they just put it inside your interest rate. And so you'll see like, um, like if we go to some banks, they'll have like no PMI, right? Pay attention to what your interest rate is. A lot of times your interest rate is a little bit higher than it will be without the um, with PMI. Uh, and a lot of people don't know that. You're still paying the same amount of money. The difference is the insurance is not working to your interest rate. Um, and I like, to let, I like to let my clients know that so they'll know that, hey, that this is an option. However, the PMI is not that much. It may be $40 a month. You'll be saving a lot more money over the life of the loan by just having a PMI. Or if you have the money up front, just pay it off. So, Or you can split it. You can split it. You can pay half the PMI during your closing costs and half the PMI on your payments. There's different ways to, to, to work the PMI for conventional loans. FHA yeah. loans is a little bit different. FHA I loans, huh? I ain't never heard nobody talk about PMI like this. Boy, yeah, I, I ain't like know you can split it up, pay it up front. I don't know. I ain't gonna lie. I don't like the PMI situation, personally. Yeah. Why? Because it's extra bad. Somebody else said it was bad. Because <laughs> somebody else said it, it was for bad. Us? Is it for us or is it for the lender? It is for the lender, just in case you default on a loan. However, you're going to pay it somewhere. They're going to yeah. have that insurance somewhere. Regardless if you see it in front of your face or it's inside your interest rate, you're going to pay it, uh, regardless of the loan. Um, I look at rate. PMI like, like you know when you get your electricity bill and it, and it say fuel charge? <laughs> <laughs> I, like, why do you pay for y'all? You know what I'm saying? It's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're gonna pay, you're gonna pay for it. And for the record, for the record, what is PMI for the people who who don't understand the concept? Why it's there? Can you break that down? PMI is what we call private mortgage insurance, um, and then for FHA is uh is MIP, 
right? Um, but what it is, is insurance for the lender. So basically, if you default on their loan, they basically have that PMI in place to cover their costs, right? So mm -hmm. if their investor buys their loan back or anything like that, they can file it on that insurance and get their money back for their loan. That's all it is, insurance for the loan. You have, you'll hear PMI, you'll hear MIP, which is FHA, FHA, which is a, is a, a government program strictly for, they put FHA in place to help borrowers out who didn't necessarily have the best of credit or a lower down payment. They didn't qualify for conventional, right? Um, that goes for the life of the loan, unless you put 10% down. Now, if you put 10% down on FHA loan, it goes away after year 11. A lot of people don't know that. Right. Also, if you get an FHA loan, people are afraid of the PMI or the MIP. Right. They lowered the cost of it. So it used to be 0.85 percent alone. Now it's 0.55% alone. So a lot of times you get better rates with FHA and lower payments because the PMI is lower. Also, like I said, it goes away after year 11. What else? Um, you have what they call an upfront premium that you pay up front to the government for the loan as well, basically covering them back, and them get money back, and get the government likes to get paid. Um, but it's all insurance to ensure that if something happens, you walk away from the house, you foreclose, you get your money back. I mean, they get their money back. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Amazing stuff, I got, man. I got a whole lot of questions. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but here's the deal. I want to I wanna pivot. I want to pivot real quick. And we're going to back in. Um, I want to talk to my realtors. I know we have... Uh, Danny in here, she's going to be representing the new construction uh, folk, the people who are looking to get into that space. But I know we have Ebony and Ebony, um, you work primarily with all buyers, right? Whether they're first time home buyers, second time home buyers, just somebody that's picking up an older house or a new house. Um, can you kind of give us, you know, and we've heard a lot of stuff going on about the NAR, the lawsuit and all those things. Right. Um, tell me this. Do you what does a realtor like yourself provide in terms of value to someone who is new um, to the market looking to buy their first house? And uh, is it possible for them to represent themselves or do you think that is completely foolish for them to represent themselves? Um, and what are some of the things that they need to do to kind of protect themselves from maybe a bad realtor? Right. Um, and also what distinguishes you as that good realtor um, as well? Wow, that's about eight questions, man. Questions. <laughs> I had to get it all out because my, my throat, I may not make it for the next one. <laughs> so I, yeah. So I will do my best to answer that. Um, honestly, I, you know, being in the industry for so long, I have seen. Oh, I've seen some rough transactions that if there was no realtor involved in the transaction, the buyer would have been completely just run over. Right. So I think that realtors bring a lot of value. Number one, we are supposed to be a neutral party. So um, uh, when I say neutral party is that we take the emotion out of the transaction. Obviously, you're making a huge purchase and a huge investment. It can be very, very emotional. So if you're working with you know, we will be able to navigate through some of those, you know, pitfalls that you come across. 
Um, yes, I've represented, you know, I'm gonna be honest, I love first time home buyers. I and a lot of realtors, I'm don't. <laughs> um, I think one of the reasons why I love I love first time home buyers because a lot of times they listen. You know, if you're an experienced realtor, you can communicate to them and get them to understand the process. Um, they're open to um you know, different suggestions throughout the process. I don't know. I just, and I love the emotional side of it when they actually get the keys, you know. To... So outside of that, I think, um, you know, realtors bring, you know, experience. Um, we are in the industry and we see things that could, that, you know, a normal buyer wouldn't see. Like for instance, um, if you're working new construction, I mean, if you're doing a deal on a new construction, those those contracts are drawn up by you know the builder so they're going to um benefit the builder they're not going to benefit the consumer and so as a realtor we come across those contracts all the time like for instance there's a community that there's several communities here in houston that within the new construction contract, it says that there is a gun range that's close to the community and your house could be hit by a stray bullet. <laughs> wow. So, Damn. I, yeah, so there are many situations that buyers, because they're not the professional, right? I think in any, any industry you have professionals, just like Ken, you know, Ken is a professional in his industry. So you wouldn't want to go to somebody that, you know, hasn't had the training and go out there and try to do your, you know, create your own loan. You want to work with a professional. So I think that's one of the misconceptions about realtors is that, that we're not professionals. We go to school, we get continuing education. Um, we're here to support the public, to be honest with you. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. And so what are some questions that you would say that somebody needs to ask themselves when they're looking to hire their first realtor or work with their first realtor on their um, new purchase? Yeah, you know what? I I have been saying this for a long time. Like, um, when somebody's trying to sell their house, right, they interview realtors, you know, they, they bring them to their house and walk around and ask them a bunch of questions. I feel like buyers don't do a good job at doing that. I think you should absolutely have an opportunity to sit down and interview your realtor, uh, find out, you know, how many transactions um, you've had. Um, maybe if you're a new realtor in, in the industry, what was your previous job? I mean, maybe you were a contract negotiator. You know, I would probably want you on my side, whether you're a new realtor or not, right? Um, the other thing is like making sure that, um, you know, uh, what uh, continuing education classes have you taken? Um, you know, what are your connections in the industry? You know, do you have several, you know, do you have uh, mortgage brokers or, you know, lenders that you can refer? Um, what is your communication style? You know, do you prefer text? Um, are you one to pick up the phone? Um, you know, th things like that. Those are really, really important questions. Take the time to interview realtors before you, you know, commit to them. Don't just pick the first one. 
Don't know. What do I pick in my what about picking my sister or my, my cousin? That just yeah. the last uh, Auntie New. Auntie New. You know, it's funny, and what I'm about to say is probably not gonna be popular. So. Hey, we we like triggers, triggers. <laughs> Go ahead, throw it out there. <laughs> the reality is that your cousin, your sister, your you know, your family member not, may not be the best person to work with. Um, you know, and I think realtors get upset when family members use somebody else. You Hell know, yeah, they do. You know, they're like, oh man, you know, you didn't use me. Well guess what you weren't the best you know choice for me this is a big decision so i think that a lot of times we have to take take an opportunity to you know allow people to make a choice that's best for them um because that's what we're gonna do right so i i mean i love you cousin but <laughs> but I'm, I'm trying to get this house and i'm trying to get it the right way yeah, oh, you just got your license yesterday, and you want me to use you, and, you know, and then you at some brokerage that doesn't provide training, doesn't provide mentorship, you know, no, we, yeah. I try to support no family. Huh? I try to support the family. Look, I mean, there's, there's sometimes, like I said, I, I've been in the industry long enough. I, I do expect my family to use me. Yes, I do, because I have experience, right? But if you don't use me, to be honest with you, I'm not going to be mad. Like, you know, it's, it's your choice. It is what it is. So it, I want to, I want to, I want to pivot. Danny Pick. Uh, yeah, the Danny. And the reason why <laughs> this is so important, because I know that you have realtors and then you have builders you have realtors that work with builders and some of them are not realtors. Am I correct, Danny? That's correct. All right. And so it's a difference. And a lot of times when we go into these new, uh, to these new construction uh, sites, we think that the people that are representing the builder is a realtor and they may not be a realtor. And to be honest, they're typically, you know, on the side of the builder. Is that correct? That's yes. Yes. Okay. Can you kind of Most break of down are. that difference? Anything I may have missed on that? So we are for the buyers and the realtors. I highly recommend all buyers come in with realtors. Do we all recommend that? No. Um, it doesn't take away from us and our commission if you have a realtor or not. I suggest you bring a realtor because they're on your side. I'm going to represent the buyer. I am indeed going to tell you about all these great incentives that we have. But will I take some things off if it best fits us, the builder? Yes, I will. And that's where your realtor will come into play with negotiating us, putting those things back on, i.e. like a fridge or, a, or blinds. I may take some of those things out because it may not work for our margin. However, if you have a realtor, that realtor will supposed to go to bed for you and be like, well, whether it works for you guys or not, we're going to walk if you don't do it, um, if you don't add those things. We have incentives like every week that changes. Every week. I always ask that if you're a first-time home buyer, try new construction. I mean, we build in accordance, like with the latest building codes. We build homes up to the standards. We have like energy efficient homes, technology, savvy homes. So we have all those things, right? So you're not coming in there and you're trying to fix plumbing or you're trying to um rewire your home, such as for, you know, like you would do with the pre-owned. You're coming in with these warranties in the case that we are the homes are built by men. So I'm not going to say that they're all perfect. However, if you have some type of defect, DR Harden for sure will go in with that um, 
warranty guy and they will go in and fix those things. We have 10 year warranties on all homes. Um, that's covering like your roofs, your flooring, your structural like foundation, all of those things. So I say um, new construction because I mean, we're giving money away. Like we're giving like up to $20,000. That's for closing calls. That's for blinds. You can buy your interest rates down with us. We have our own little team when it comes to mortgage and title that, you know, if you use our mortgage company, um, you will get these below interest rates that we ourselves back. Like it's a builder's financial commitment that we back um, to get you to a 4.5 or 4.25. So that's why I would say send your buyers through us at DHI. Um, if they're not approved through us, then, hey, go to the outside lender. We may not be able to give your buyer an interest rate that we offer, but we're still entitled to give them up to that $20,000 in incentive Ooh. money. Hold on, let me record you say that, Dan. Let me, I didn't record you say that because, oh, Jesus, that means, Lord, we don't offer incentives to outside lenders. What the heck y'all do? That we do offer. We do offer incentives to outside lenders. We do. But I won't say anything about it because I'm on the builder side, right? Right. Yeah, so what kind of what kind of incentives y'all offer? What kind of incentives y'all offer for the, for the outside lenders? It'd be crazy. Like we can give up to at least twelve thousand dollars for outside lenders. Yes. Whoa! Y'all don't never y'all don't never advertise that. They are paying that. So when they time my clients go to a DR board and they look, they say, "Yeah, we do, and we often do it when your realtor um goes to bed for you, and they're like, hey." We went through you all. You guys declined my buyer. We have we will have to use the outside lender. However, that did approve them. Yeah. And on top of that, we have a program. Like if you have bad credit below like 580, we do offer um a HBC program. And that's a home builders credit program. We kind of help you get to where you need to be in order to buy with us. But you also have those outside lenders that's working with those 580s at that moment and can get them pre-approved. What I love about this conversation so far, and I hope everybody's kind of paying attention. We just heard Ebony speak. We heard Danny speak. We heard Ken speak, right? And you've heard different incentives, right? And different perspectives from all from all three, right? So I hope you're paying attention that the fact that Danny just said, you know what, we may be to give you 20000 if you come to directly to us, but we can only give you 12000 if you go to Ken. Right. So that means Ken going to have to make up that other eight thousand some kind of way. Somewhere. Somewhere. We got to make it make sense. Let me give you some education. I'm going to give you some education. Please help us out. And not to to not to shoot down like any lender. Because we all on the same team. The goal is to get a client, the client into a home. Right. But when you go to correspondent lenders. Right. They are a corporation who has to make money. Okay. Oh, this is free education right now. If y'all need pen, paper, video camera, record this. When I'm about to tell y'all, this is the truth that people don't like to hear. Right? Ken, before you go, bro, make sure you break down what a corresponding lender is because you're talking in lender terms. And oh, I, see, I, I, I owe you a phone call. You called me three days ago. I'm sorry, bro. I owe you a call today. Man, I needed you, bro. You were happy, man. You know, sorry. <laughs> yeah, my bad. I owe you a phone call, bro. I'm sorry. It's all right. But like uh, explained before, as a as a correspondent lender, right? You basically have what they call a, a line of credit with the bank, right? You can earn a certain amount of money to 
close alone. I'm, I'm, I'm about to put, I'm about to blast them. All right. So <laughs> as a correspondent lender, as a correspondent lender, you can earn six, seven percent on their loan points, right? Mm-hmm. Depending on how you structure that deal. So let Man. me tell you what builders do, and it's all builders. They own their <laughs> builders company, right? So the incentive they're giving you, it's always the builder giving the incentive. It's the lender doesn't give the incentive. It's the builder. It's a seller credit coming from the builder. It's not a lender incentive. It's a builder incentive. I'm gonna say this one more time. It's not a lender incentive. It's a builder incentive to use their lender. Right. This is why they want you to use them. If I have a loan, let's just say it's an FHA loan. Let me do the math. Damn, I ain't mean to come off my line. I'm gonna just do the math in my head. If I have a $400,000 loan and I'm making, uh, let's say, 6% off of that, right? What's 6% of, of $400,000? Was that $24,000? Am I wrong? Am I right? $24,000, yeah. $24,000, right? So on one side of the deal, right, I'll make $24,000 on a $400,000 loan. This is, and I'm using small numbers, plus whatever points and fees I'm charging you. So let's just say I'm up to 30000 dollars right yes jamisha all builders don't own their mortgage company but a lot of them do and have a sense to use their mortgage company i see you in the comments i'm about to get on you too right i see you baby <laughs> i see you baby because you, you got some education so i put this link in that time in the in that chat for you so you can read right because i'm about everything i everything i'm talking about is me actually studying doing and me educating myself on this stuff and not me just putting bullshit out there because a lot of people people bullshit people to get the people in loans and i get in trouble i get I sometimes am too honest to my clients, right? Because I want them to be educated on this stuff because I want them to make sure that they know what they're getting themselves into, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to come back to you, right? This is education because I'm about to become a correspondent lender. So it's going to benefit me, right? But I'm using it to my advantage, right? So if I'm earning $24,000 on a loan, plus I'm charging underwriting fees, processing fees, and all this stuff, I may up, make an additional up to... Thirty thousand dollars on a loan as a as a, as a, as the as the lender, right? So I may make thirty thousand dollars on a four hundred thousand dollar loan, but then I'm giving the builders giving you twenty thousand dollars to use their lender that they own. So they're really netting ten thousand dollars extra money that they're making because they're you're using their lender, right? So they're giving you money on one side. The interest rate is high up here, and they give you money to buy the interest rates down. Then they're then they're making money on top of that. So there's incentives for both sides for them and and the buyer. However, however, there has been a numerous of times because our rates are already low that we are meeting and even beating those lenders, uh, those builders incentives because we already offer the better rates. And then if we're able to get incentives on top of our already amazing rates, we're killing the game if i was to get them those same incentives that the builders giving to the to their lenders we would we would murder the the system we would murder it because our rates are already better we're not charging all of these fees that's how they make their money up that's some education for you so whenever you are uh, shopping at a builder's lender please shop it around with different lenders to make sure that you are getting the best deal just because somebody's giving you once again there's no such thing as free money in this game whether it's down payment assistance or not. Yes, there are some programs, Jamisa, I see in the chat, that they are forgivable after a certain period of time, but you have to live within a certain tax rate, right? Meaning that you are paying it. I'm looking in the camera. You are paying it. You know how Drake did? You are paying it back in your taxes. 
So even though it's forgivable on paper, you're paying it back within a certain tax rates. You're going to pay that money back somehow. There's no such thing as free money and mortgages. Please stop telling these clients that. Okay, it's easy to swindle somebody who doesn't know, but I see it all the time and it's annoying. I want to educate my buyers on there's nothing free in life. Nothing besides you're going to get taxed and death. All oh, that, that's free. <laughs> free game. But so, it, so, Ken, let me break it down. Let me break it down, right? So, I'm going to put myself in the consumer shoes. And, you know, I know the lending side, the realtor side, the insurance. I know all the sides very well. Do the introduction, man. You just coming in here talking. Yes, sir. Hey, man, man, I know who you are. Man, Al Johnson, vertically integrated real estate professional, buy real estate, buy commercial, yada, yada, yada. Just happy to give some value and love seeing people uh, be uh, prosperous. So, uh, you know, Ken, I'm a consumer. Yes, sir. They give me a lending estimate showing that, hey, you're not paying any origination, right? And Mm -hmm. we're giving you some closing costs. The builder's giving you closing costs the lender's saying we're not charging you any uh, uh, origination. So as a uneducated consumer, how is the lender making money, right? Where are they putting that cost to offset the builder's upfront seller's uh, uh, contribution? Interest rate. It's Correct. all in the interest rate. And so you mean I'm financing the cost over 30 years was actually a whole lot higher exactly. than you know that closing cost that I'm getting up front. Exactly. Everything is is in the interest rate. If you don't see a cost here, check your interest rate, right? So as a consumer, would I benefit if I was able to negotiate a no prepayment penalty, take advantage of their closing deal, and then refinance with top mortgage, top choice lending 30, 60, 90 days later once my escrow account is set up? You most definitely can do that. However... I, What's the downside? What's the downside of doing you're that? You're going to repay your closing costs again. Fair enough. Fair enough. You're going to repay your closing costs again, so you're not paying that money. Um, I don't, as a, as a loan officer in this business, I don't recommend refinancing your loan at least six months so everybody makes sure they get their money. You know what I mean? We're not paying it back. <laughs> That's including anybody who works with any other mortgage company. That's <laughs> anybody. I don't care who you work for. Don't refinance that loan for the sake of that mortgage company. Even when you go to a car dealership lot and you got a, uh, you want to buy that car off. Man, I had this guy. Dude, he was Mr. Williams, man. I love Mr. Williams. He was an old guy. He was getting ready to retire. He uses to buy his house. And the next month paid off his house, man. I was like, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> what, what happened if they do it before six months? We got the money get returned. You got to pay all that commission back, bro. Every single time. Whoa. Wait a minute. That, that, I, I know Dunn over there. Dunn over there. Look, this, this so is for the Six months is the clearance. <laughs> six months. I say, give any time dealing with my celebrities and athletes, I say, bro, give me six months, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> give me six months. I'll let you know after that six months. Please, please. I want to go. I want to pivot. I got wow. to pivot. We got to pivot to Danny and Ebony real quick because, okay, Ken just mentioned some 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 flames. Some, some flame. He just put some flames in the, in, in, in the conversation. So, Danny, what would you say in rebuttal to some of the things that Ken just said, saying about uh, there's no free lunch? So even though your incentives, if the builder was, if, if, if the consumer was to come to you guys, because again, this is about the consumer today, right? If the consumer was to come to you, you're saying you can give them 20000 but if they go to Ken, you can only give them 12000 right? Ken's saying that even though 
he you're giving them twenty thousand, then y'all are making it back on the back end, or uh, I don't know, some kind of end. And it's a right? better deal with him. Yeah, and it's better to deal with him. Would you like? Do you feel? Do you take issue with that? Do you feel like you still got the better deal with the twenty thousand? What's your type? What's your take? Let's talk about the people now. You on mute? You on mute? You on mute? You on mute? There we go. I would still stand firm with. uh, We may have the better deal because at the end of the day, most of your new consumers, all they're looking at is their monthly. Mm. You know, so they're they're gonna go to the outside lender and the outside lender is going to give them their numbers, which I've seen it a million times. Um, they're going to go to the outside lender and they're going to come and they're going to compare, compare these monthlies. That's all they care about. So when I meet with the realtor and a buyer, before I go to write a contract, my first question to them is what are you comfortable with paying monthly? Mm-hmm. And then that's where we can start shopping. This will determine if you want three, four or five bedrooms. I'll bet. You know what I'm saying? So, you go with you go to him and you're like, okay, this is what I have monthly at this interest rate, twenty one hundred dollars at a six point two five. And then you come to us and then we're giving you the four point five, and now you're at seventeen twenty five a month. Ooh, you so man. that's a big difference. You know, it's a big difference. <laughs> so now let me ask you, can I ask a question, sorry. Annie? With the with the four point five, is it what they call a temporary buy down, or is that their fixed interest rate? That would be their fixed interest rate. At mm-hmm. one point, we were doing what you can buy down for year one, two, mm-hmm. and three. But mm-hmm. since the rate started lowering on, you know, lowering in the market, we're now able to put it at a fixed rate. Right. Yeah. Hey, if y'all really? can't explain the difference between a fixed rate and an arm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, he. Oh, mean, I know. People, people <laughs> may not know what that what that what that letter is. So with the fixed rate, right? Fixed rate basically means that the rate is fixed for thirty years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's the, that's what your rate is going to be unless you refinance. That's what your rate is. When you do an arm, arm is a uh, um, uh, I can't even think of it. I really, I really do those. Just rate mortgage. Basically, what that means is let's say you have a, a seven one arm, right? Uh, the first seven years of that loan, the first long, the first number will be how long that rate is fixed, and then after year seven. It can just uh, up to one percent of that loan, right? And it can go up or it can go down, but it won't go no more than one percent of what you really start off with. So if you start off with like a four point five, and go up to a, a, um, a five point five, or it can go down to a three point five. It won't go any anywhere between that. Real quick, I got to get Ebony in on this because I know she's working on both sides, right? So she's working with you know, the consumer directly. Right. And so Ebony, what, what is your take on this conversation? You have a a consumer, they're trusting you as an expert to guide them on which lending source they should choose. Okay. So I want to say this, I do want to um, put, you know, put it out there. There's a difference between a temporary um, rate by an arm. So I think that what um, O'Neill was referring to earlier was before we had um, like they would do a a temporary. So they would say, you know, you pay three point nine nine your first year, um, the second year is four point nine nine. And then year three through 30, it's five point nine nine. So that's different than an arm An Mm -hmm. arm adjustable. So it can adjust way up you know, or it can adjust down. So I just wanted to put that out there. So you just so, explained the temporary? 
what is it called? Temporary what? Buy down. So it's, it's temporary rape. Yeah, I can explain that. So what it called a temporary rate buy down is basically is you buy that the buy that rate down temporary. And I just check I was checking my rates just now. Um, so basically what that means is so say for instance, if you do uh a, a, a three two one temporary rate buy down, basically what that means, let's say let's let's say that the rate is your your fixed rate with no buy down is at six point one two five percent interest rate, right? You do a three two one buy down. Um, basically your rate starts off at the first year at 3.125, the second year, 4.125, uh, the third year, uh, 5.125. And then the last year it goes back up to the regular fixed rate. It gives you time to look at the market and see if the market's going to go up, go down, going to refinance, things like that. Basically what that is, is let's say that, um, a seller gives you, I'm just say 20,000, keep using that number, right? What it is, is they're putting this money into a holding account, right? And basically, whatever the difference of the amount that you would pay if your mortgage was 6.125, and then it's a difference between what the mortgage would be at 3.125. So if that's a $700 difference a month, that money is coming from the seller to temporarily buy down your interest rate. It's The, the, the lender's still getting their money as far as the full rate, but you're getting money or incentives from uh, the seller to basically temporarily buy down your interest rate. So you'll sign what they call a temporary buy down agreement. You'll see the difference between what a, a, a 3.125 is and a 6.125. You'll see all of that difference in uh, your, your payment. Sometimes even lenders are disclosed showing you what those differences is so you can see that, hey, you're still responsible for the full amount. However, the seller is paying the difference and you have a three, two, one, two, Three, two, one buy down. You have a two one. You have a one zero oh, buy down. You got a one one buy down. There's different ways to 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 incentivize that. Um, real, awesome. Real quick, like a seller uh, credit. I want. What's that? Look like a seller credit, and then just keep the money in escrow. Basically, so you're saving that amount of money over there. So whatever that money. So say for they give you twenty thousand dollars, you're saving twenty thousand dollars over the course of what that is. Three years. I want to I want to get Ebony in on this because Ebony, wh who are you sending your clients to if they're going into a new construction situation? Because I know you probably have your your choice lenders of who you work with, brokers, uh, independent brokers. Then you have the banks that you go directly to. Who are you advising your clients go with when it comes to incentives? Yeah. So if they have a 700 credit score, you got to give a scenario. They credit yeah. Score. That, that gives us a big difference. A 700 credit score. So, uh, yeah. Well, and again, well, I guess that's not average. Let's do an average score. What do you think? Like 660, 650? But listen. That you see on the normal? The score, the score, yes, it matters. But the money matters. So whether they have a nice savings account or whether they have no money. Like, they could have a... They got 15000 That's all they got. 15000 or 680 So you got 15000 And a smile. <laughs> 15,000 I'm not gonna lie like the last year I have been sending my clients to new construction just because the incentives you cannot beat I mean yes to you to wait wait I got a question with that before you go where you go Byron we also got to take in consideration the realtors get a compensation too 
they get a they get a higher compensation with the builders than they do. Oh, 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 we gotta keep it real now. We gotta keep it real now. <laughs> you talking about that BTSA, huh? Let's talk about it. Hey, I hope the people are listening. That's why everybody do push new construction too. You know what I'm saying? That is not true. Let's keep it. Yes. I mean, there are great uh, BTSAs out there. What does the BTSA stand for? Bro, hey, bro, the rules get paid by the building. Bonus, <laughs> Bonus to selling agent. And remember, I say vertical integrated because I make money on all three of these facets and the insurance piece. Right? So I know all of them very well. But I'm sorry, Abby. Go back to you, Queen. Yes, but let me say this. I mean, yes, that is true. But there are a lot of realtors, i.e. me, that use that BTSA to help my buyer. Mm. So I, you, there is a certain amount um, that you can give back depending on, you know, the amount, the, the type of loan that they have, depending on how much money they put down. The builder can give up to six percent, or, or the I should say, the buyer can receive up to six percent of the sales price of a contribution, right? And as a realtor, um, we can give a gift to a buyer. So sometimes, a lot of times, those BTSA or BTSAs are used to help the buyer. I'm not gonna say all the time, y'all. That ain't the truth, but. <laughs> But Ebony, I got a question. Do y'all have a cap on the gift that y'all can give? Is it like three thousand, five thousand, or it doesn't really matter? It depends on the loan. It depends on if the loan, if it's an FHA loan, you can get up to six uh, percent. If it's conventional loan, it's three percent unless you put ten percent down and it goes up to six percent. VA is four percent, and I think USDA is five. I don't do a lot of USDA, so I can't give you like a. Uh, a true answer on that one, but uh, but yeah, it depends on the loan, and it, it's the it's the incentives that goes from either the seller or or the uh, the the realtor. It's it's a, it's a max amount. It is pretty big, Ebony and uh and Danny. So what's that conversation look like? You know, when the, when the, when the when the homeowner looking for a gift, how how they how they how they approach y'all with that, or do y'all approach them first? What's that conversation for, like? For me, I'm gonna be honest. Like one one of the most common things that I come across is you have uh you know a buyer that's under a lease in an apartment, and let's say they want to break the lease, and the apartment is is charging them say two months or something like that, um and they want to purchase a house. So sometimes we you know I negotiate a BTSA uh, with the you know, with the builder and we take that and use that as an extra incentive towards, you know, closing costs or something like that um, and kind of offset the amount of money that they have to pay to get out of their lease. Mm. I like that. I got a, I got a question for uh, Ms. Danny. What kind of incentives are you giving these realtors? So you may have some future realtors in the building. <laughs> Well, just recently we had six percent commission. Jeez. That's just that's just one realtor, the one that's one bringing realtor, the buy. They get, sale, they get the whole six percent. They get the whole six percent, whatever split yeah. you have with your brokerage. Yeah, you that's know, a nice that's bag, buyer. 
Oh, that's good stuff, man. We give and we feeling generous. Sometimes we've done seven and eight percent. Whoa! I heard the seven and eight percent before. I sure have. Seven and eight (laughs) percent. Whoa! I know some other builders like the more you sell, the higher your your percentage go up. Yes, that's what we have. We do have VIP realtors, and it's we started three percent. They started three percent, and then the second home is three point five. The third home is four percent. The fifth home is 4.5. And then at the fifth home is like 5%. You kept out at 5%. Um, and if you're at the 5%, you can still get some bonus money. We do throw like $2,500 bonuses on top of your 5%. Wow. Yes. Yeah, I so. ain't gonna lie. That's a nice bag, bro. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. That's real good stuff. Racked. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, my uh, real estate license real quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's way better. Here's the thing. Way better than 2.5%, 3%. Yes, but here's the thing. Again, you know, new construction, you don't there they have their own contract. So, you know, Trek comes up with a consumer focused contract. That's, you know, so if we if you're buying say a resale home or an investment property an existing home, you're going to we're going to use a contract that's very consumer friendly. Um and what I mean by that is that is it <laughs> lot built into the contract where the buyer can get out and get their earnest money back right but when you're dealing with new construction and that's what a lot of buyers don't understand they have a promulgated contract for their for themselves to protect them right and so if you are not familiar with that if you're not working with an attorney then definitely a realtor is extremely important to be able to um help help you to understand that you have this is a high risk your your earnest money is at a higher risk with a new construction person i mean a new construction home versus a resale home and give that earnest money is it's locked you know (laughs) really really understand the, the contract so real quick jasmine washington put in here uh how does shopping rates affect your credit uh can we get can we get an answer for that one? So whenever you pull your rates, and this is said by the CFPB, it's not made up, Jamisha. Um, it's said by the CFPB that it affects your rates three to five percent, right? So um, you also can have your credit pulled by as many mortgage companies as possible within the first thirty to forty-five days. I can get it. Let me put the CFPB website. I got everything I do. Got to put it. It's backed up by the government. Stop it. See that. Um, But yeah, so it's said by the CFPB that it is only going to affect two to five points. And then also, um, you can you can shop your loan for thirty to forty five days without uh, without shopping. I mean, without it affecting your credit. You will see the inquiry, right? But it doesn't affect your credit score. Right. Same thing when you go shop for a car, you get all those increase, but that first pull kills all the other increases as far as lowering your credit score. Mm-hmm. And it's only a temporary drop, too. Good question. I got a and question it, for Al, man. You, you with us or you busy? I'm here. I'm just about to ask what's going on. What would you tell these people about getting insurance for their property? The insurance be killing uh they monthly. They must let fifteen hundred as soon as they get that insurance. That should go to seventeen fifty, eight hundred, eighteen hundred. Yeah, well, I, your advice? I'm not gonna give a I'm not gonna give an economic dissertation on what's why the insurance market is so volatile. But what I will say, 
Man, it's a balance in that because it really depends on the purchase price. You know, we're talking about first-time home buyers. Um, you know, their priority is to get in the home. If you can swing the note, I mean, if you can swing it, I would go with a preferred insurance a company that if you have a claim, they actually have the, the balance sheet to pay your claim. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of builders will um, incentivize or push some, you know, we call them non-admitted carriers. In layman's terms, would you put your money in a non-FDIC bank? The answer to that would be no. Well, we have builders and sometimes lenders, I'm not in, hey, or just trying to get the deal done and are recommending uh, insurance companies with bad balance sheets to where if they have a claim and they're not, they're not held accountable by the insurance commissioner for whatever particular state, they can be fly by night and be out of business. Well, this homeowner got their roof blown off and some significant homeowner damage and the insurance company uh, left them with, uh, you know, holding the bag. So I would tell people, you obviously want the lowest payment, but don't sacrifice your hard earned work, your down payment and the blood, sweat and tears you did to get in that home just to have it insured by an insurance company with a weak balance sheet. Uh, because if there is a claim, you will be left holding the bag. And unfortunately, that's where investors come in, like 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 uh, some people on this stage that will go and buy that distressed asset because they can't afford to get it fixed. I'm so it's a balancing act, man. I, you know, and I'm not being biased towards any insurance company. You got the priority number one is to get in the house, but if you can get in the house with a decent company with a decent balance sheet, that's what you do versus just picking the cheapest quote because it's going to come back to bite you if you have a claim. And if you don't have the class the uh, the cash reserves to fix your home you know, then that becomes a whole nother issue. So what would wow. you say to those people when they got the choice to pick, like if something happened, you pay a thousand to get it fixed, 10,000, 5,000, or they got the percentage now, like uh, something it, happened. It depends on the state. You're talking about the deductibles, right? Uh, a lot yeah, of that's a big taxes. thing, man. That's a big thing. A lot of companies in deductibles like 10% of the house value now, some shit. Some, like, some stuff nah, like that. No, nah, that ain't that high. No lender's gonna let you get a loan and, and uh, get insurance with a company that wants a 10% deductible. Sometimes they get mad when it's 5%. I'd say it really depends on the buyer, man. Um, I've seen as low as $1,000, but most of them are percentage based now. Uh, uh, specifically in Texas, you're gonna see pretty much all of them are insurance based if it's a home. If it's a condominium, that's a little different because the association insurance is covering the exterior, so they'll do a flat dollar amount. But when it's a home, it's going to be percentage based. So the lower the deductible, the higher the premium. The higher the deductible, the lower the premium. So if someone has a, let's say, a three hundred thousand dollar home that my boy Ken is doing a loan on, well, if their percentage one percent, uh, they out of pocket three grand. But the way that that works is the insurance company is not saying, hey. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Buyer, give me $3,000 and uh, we'll fix your home. They send an adjuster out, they come up with an estimate and whatever that estimate is, if the homeowner agrees to it with their contractor, they're just gonna take the deductible amount out and give that to the, uh, to the insurer. Now the insurer is really good at negotiating, maybe the GC will fix it and eat that deductible. That's always negotiable. So when I tell customers all the time, like, hey, if you got a good GC or a good trade, don't be afraid of a higher deductible 
especially if it's a significant claim, you know, a lot of GCs will work with you because, uh, you know, the right insurance companies, GCs and, and, and builders, I mean, and contractors love them uh, because they pay well, they pay quick. Uh, and, and, you know, those, those are the businesses that they chase. It, 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 and I'll never, if I'm right, is, is that why you got in the roofing business? Well, didn't insurance take care of you with all them ropes you was doing? They sure did. I'm taking a little longer to pay, you know, but they did. <laughs> yeah, we was helping homeowners out, man. We just increased the price a little bit, so. No, I get it. You know, and, and, and so, um, yeah, but, but you know, um, people got to know where they're at financially, man. Buying a home is a lot of responsibility. It's a lot of moving parts. You got the lender, you got the builder, you got the realtor, you got the insurance person, right? And then, you know, you, you have all these ancillary people trying to sell you stuff, the home warranties and everything else. That's why real estate is so important to our economy and impacts so many professions, right? So, uh, again, it's going to always depend on insurance, man. Do they care about making sure their assets protected? Can they afford the premium? If not, what's the way to offset it? Are they going to have someone truthful and really explain to them their options and point them in a in the best direction? This been time I've turned down business. Like, hey, man, you know, I don't think this is the product for you and I don't have any other options, but let me refer you to XYZ. And they'll help you out because at the end of the day, it's about the it's about the owner, man. And when you do right by people, they remember that. And it's very hard to be successful and sustain that if people are people out here giving bad advice or dishonest advice. Real quick, uh, real quick, I wanna I gotta highlight some real quick just for clarity. Um, so Ebony, I gotta go back to Ebony because <clears throat> Ebony kind of works within with, with with everybody, right? So Ebony, from your perspective would you recommend your buyer work with the the new construction um, lender over somebody like Ken? Or is it a, every scenario where you feel like Ken is better to work with other over the um, the uh, the new construction preferred lender? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, with the new construction. Honestly, they have it. They have a setup where the buyer has to apply with their lender in order to sometimes to get under contract. Some builders do. I'm not saying Dior Horton does, but there are some builders that you are required to apply with their um, their lender. And if their lender can can get it done, you know, they tie the incentives to you know to to the the contract. So. Why would you pass up, you know, interest rates already being bought down by the company to, you know, 4.99%. On top of that, they're paying all of your closing costs, you know, um, and, and, you know, people want a low monthly payment. That's all they're focused on. They don't really care about the back end, right? They don't, they don't care how they're paying for it, unfortunately. They just want to know, I can afford $2,000 a month. How can I get there? So it really is based off of the, the client. Now, if the client has not so good credit or if the client maybe doesn't have, um, you know, uh, let's say they're, they're an independent contractor and they don't have two years um, to get into the house. Well, the builder, you know, Ken might be the, the better, you know, the better lender for that situation um, because nine times out of 10, they're going to get denied by the, the new construction lender. 
Gotcha. So, Ken, can you give us some pushback on that? Um, do you believe that your product, you know, is inferior, you know, to a lot of these new construction lenders? Um, or do you feel like it's superior? And, and, and if so, why? I, I don't I don't say either or. What I say is to shop around. Um, and the reason why I say shop around, because like I said before, when I'm when I'm talking to my clients, I'll say, hey, you know, you know, you got a you got a better deal over there. I can't beat that. Right. And that, but then I will explain to them what they have going on. Like, this is why this is a better deal. Right. Um, but there are times where I'm dealing with some builders. I'm not going to say DR Horton because DR Horton is a monster of a builder. Um, but I can tell you that some builders that when they offer an incentives, sometimes even without those incentives, we are still beating the deal. Right. Um, I, I always recommend shopping your loans, right? And the cool thing about a mortgage broker, once again, is we pull your credit one time and we shop your loan for you uh, within our lender base, right? And then we'll offer you, uh, you know, loan estimates or fee worksheets to see like which one is better. I'm not saying either one is better. Sometimes we can't touch what the builder gives because they are giving those incentives. But then I have some just sometimes builders that like I work with on the normal, they'll see my name come across the screen. They'll go to bed and say, Can we see you doing the loan? We'll offer your client these incentives because we know that you can get the deal done. We know that you're gonna that your rates are gonna be you know slightly better or whatever. It's okay. We know that we know that we're gonna get paid, right? I just have that relationship as a loan as a lender with some of the builders. Um, but I'm not saying either one is better. What I'm saying is uh, just shop it around. Just shop your rates around, shop your loans around. I even tell my clients, hey, if you find a better deal somewhere else, let me know. That's going to put me on my A game, right? What, what do I need to do better as far as to get the, to get the deal done, right? Um, but I can't beat when the builder's giving like $30,000 in, in, in seller's credits. Like, I can't beat that, right? That's hard to beat right now. It's hard to beat. It's hard to beat. But if a, but if a builder comes through and they're like, you know, we see top choice linen or we know that we know they can get the job done. Like, uh, we'll give 15,000. I can work with half of what they get. If they give me half of what they get. I can work with it, you know, and I can make it happy with, within that, you know? So that's that I would say that that's what the thing is. Just give outside lenders a fair chance, especially if they're working with a, a mortgage broker, um for sure because mortgage brokers um we're a lot we're a lot more flexible when it comes to our numbers as far as our interest rates and things like that and earning a fair deal uh versus going correspondent and a lot of builders lenders even if even if they don't own it jamisha um a lot of them are correspondent lenders so we're gonna comments because she's been picking on me so i'm gonna keep picking on me <laughs> I, I got a quick question for don because because what they're saying is, is pretty much true. I know I was the same way when I, when I built my first house. I didn't really care about the back end cost. I care about the monthly cost. So, you know, we're here to educate our community. At the end of the day, you know, we should, we should care about the back end cost because that's what's really eating our ass up. So, Don, what's your thoughts about that? Listen, uh, when Ebony said that, I jumped, I practically jumped out of my seat. Lord have mercy. <laughs> they don't care you know, about the back end. Nobody, nobody really cares about it. We got to keep it real. But Come on, man. Listen. That's the most important part. Can I, can I just, let me, let me break it down this way. Of all the variables that we've talked about today, the one we know the least about is how the mortgage amortization schedule actually works. Mm -hmm. Once we understand it, once we can read it, you know, reading is fundamental. Mm 
Facts. Once we can read it, then we can know some things for sure to be the truth. Okay. The lowest interest rate ain't always the best interest rate. In fact, I tell my clients to stay away from the lowest interest rate. Ooh. Okay. Mm. Ooh. Mm, I'm gonna give you some more coffee. Okay. <laughs> so here's here's the here's the Here's the thing. Uh-oh. Right now, interest rates are fairly high and people are waiting for them to come down. Now, I'm, I'm going to tell you this, but and we're going to assume that people can afford the payment. So let, let's keep it there. If you can afford the payment, then what you want to do is understand what your what your cost is going to be on the loan. And if you can manipulate your cost. Can I lower the cost of borrowing money with my current budget and still live well? The answer is yes, you can. Okay. You need to be, you need to understand that if I, um, when you control the principal payment, you control the loan, write it down, control the principal payment, you control the loan interest payments. You can skip don't matter. You are in control of the loan. And what we're not being taught in school or anywhere else is how much we are in control of the loan. You, you're not in control. So you, you, can, you, you can barely control, uh, have some control over the price of the home. But we have not been told how to control the price of borrowing money. Now, we can lower this interest cost to the point where you can have an effective interest rate, listen to this now, you can have an effective interest rate of less than 1%. My God. You know what to do with that loan. So now, now when somebody says, I'm afraid to buy the house now because of the interest rates, I can, but if you can afford the payment, I'll show you how you can take that higher interest rate and you can be better off in the long run by getting the house now and not waiting for interest rates to come down. Because I'm telling you, the interest rates are high and people don't uh, uh, they don't understand how a loan actually works. They're going to stay. They're going to stay out of the market. I got a question, man. Wish I thought about this. Ken, yeah. Danny, Ebony, Al, what's your thoughts, man? I'm hey, no, I'm, I'm I'm he's waiting on the evidence. He's waiting on the evidence. <laughs> I'm trying I, I, you know, I, I'm gonna, I've heard Don speak a lot, man. I, I think what, what he's speaking has a lot of validity, but I think for the audience, you would, you know, showing uh it the data is important, right? Because this is uh uh <clears throat> I don't even want to use the word contrarian uh belief because it's not uh when you apply principal payments aggressively at the right time, it has a huge negative impact on the lender and a huge positive impact on the borrower, right? So I'll give it back to you, Don. All right. I, before, we, before we do that, I want to get um, Danita's, I mean, Danny's take on, um, I'm sorry, Danny's take on what Ken said about the, uh, about, you know, about his product and what Ebony was just saying before we move on. And also, um, I've heard even some builders will even if you just go in as a buyer with no realtor. Now, you won't be um, represented the best, but sometimes the, the buyers will give you credits 
for not having a realtor. Is that correct? Well, our incentives are pretty much what they are. So you won't get more not using a realtor. That's why I always recommend bringing in a realtor. What we offer is what we're going to offer with or without a realtor. Okay. Now, I can't speak much on the lending side of it because I'm not a licensed MLO. So I can't cross that line. However, I always push the lower interest rates because, I mean, some of our buyers, they're buying these homes now and they're staying in there three to five years. So does it really matter what's going on on the back end? I would guess maybe not because they're like, I'm going to be here for about three to five years. This is a store in a home and then I'll be ready to sell and move on. And then I guess when they get ready to sell and move on, then that's when they will be want to call like the Dons and the Kins to kind of find out what's most important for me. How should I move moving forward? But right now, I just know someone told me I need to buy a home because I'm paying $2,200 in rent and I could be paying $1,700 in mortgage. Mm. Right. So when they're coming to us as first time home buyers, majority of them are coming to live there for a while to get gain some type of equity to pull out or maybe sell to build or purchase what they may feel like is their forever home. Gotcha. So, hell of a point. So That's when I, you know, too. yeah. So when I'm speaking with them, I'm like, you want our interest rates for sure. Because you want to make sure that you're comfortable with the $1,700. When you go into D.O. Horton and you're buying our communities at $234,000, we get these appraisals back within six months. Well, I was saving within three months. We're raising this house price up now to $265. So you come in on the lower end and now you're ready to sell within six to 12 months. And you're gaining all this equity to then move on. And then I would say, yes, definitely consult with Dawn or Ken on seeing what will work best for you when you are now going to purchase that forever home. So, you know, I, I love this strategy and, and I, I want to break this down for everybody that that if you have been paying attention or you haven't been paying attention, the things that you need to take out, at least the things that I took out of it. Number one is there's no for sure um, way to kind of approach it. Right. So sometimes it's going to be better to go through the builder's lender. Right. Sometimes it's going to be better to go to somebody like Ken. Well, the good thing about Ken is he's going to shop you to potentially hundreds of lenders, potentially. Right. He has an endless amount of lenders that he could work with. Um, and then you will go to somebody like Ebony who could kind of help you navigate all sides of the transaction and protect you. Right. But then we got somebody like Don. Right. <clears throat> and Don is going to help us understand how to beat the bank on the back end and not pay a ridiculous two or three times the, the cost of the house, the house to get the house. Right. And so this is going to be critically important. So Don, do you mind kind of just giving us a quick introduction of who you are and why it's so important for people to pay attention to the message that you're sharing, especially somebody who like Danny was saying, is not looking for their forever home. They're just trying to get into something to pay down um, a considerable amount of the um, the principal so they can get into their forever home. Um, can you break that down for us, Don? Sure. Um, first of all, again, my name is Don Daniel, founder of Pill Method International. And um, if you Google us, if you Google Pill Method, birth control is on page two. So um, if you start understanding a little bit about mortgages and how they actually work. 
here's where I got my information from. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of autism spectrum disorder, ASD, but that's what I have. So when I look at an amortization schedule, I see pictures and patterns most people don't see. And that is the basis of my book. And out of 33 million titles on Amazon, my book is the only one that starts to teach you how uh, amortization schedule actually works. In fact, I have an amortization schedule on the screen right now. So in understanding that, let me go over some of the basics of understanding prepayment. So what you want to be able to do is, even if you're going to be in your home from three to five years, how can I get more equity cheaper? How can I get more, how can I grow my equity at four to five times the rate, even in three to five years? So if I sell that first home, I'm going to get more equity out because I didn't pay a whole lot of interest. Lower your interest cost and more of your money goes to where you want it to go. It goes to principal. Can I show you a couple of things? Can yeah, we put this on? Okay. Let's, can we put this on the screen? Okay. Here is a $420,000 home at 6%. Ooh. All right. Wow. And here's how it breaks down. The interest on this home is $486,519 over 30 years. All the numbers you'll ever hear on talking about a loan is all 30-year numbers if it's a 30-year loan. But what if you keep what if you're going to keep the house for um for 3 years or 5 years or pay it off in 7? Then all the 30-year numbers don't apply. But let me show you what happens, how easy it is to get rid of the interest. And this is going to be the basis. You have to have the basics down. And the very first payment, here's my first payment. My, my minimum payment on this loan is 25-18-11. 25-18-11. Out of that first payment, $418.11 goes to principal. $2,100 goes to interest. I, this is applied to how much I borrowed. Now I owe $419,581. Um, 89. And then the bank does its math magic says now based on this, you owe this much. So next month, here's how much interest you pay. Oh, it went down to $2,097 and 91 cents. And the amount that didn't go to interest this time goes over to principal. So each month, a little more money goes to principal, a little less money goes to interest, but your payment stays the same. This is amortization. All right. So the, so by the time you're done after 30 years, there won't be any balloon payments. You'll be done. You The loan will be paid off. But here is what we don't understand or what we lose track of. And this is why I use this particular amortization schedule, cumulative principal and cumulative interest. When you get your amortization schedule from the bank, you will not get these two columns. You'll get principal, you get interest, you get principal balance. If you have these two columns, then you know wherever you are in this loan, how much interest it costs to move your loan from point A to point B. In one year, you pay this loan down by $5,157.63. This is all the principal payments added up, okay? And this column is all the interest payments added up. So what it costs to pay your loan down by $5,157.63, it costs 
$1,000. So here's what I'm telling all of our folks. It doesn't matter what the bank wants. It is a suggestion. I Listen, I highly suggest, this is the banker talking to you. I highly suggest you give us $25,000 to pay your loan down to here. Or is there anything wrong if you do have the money available? Is there anything wrong with giving the $5,000 up front? Could I give it to them on line one? Would they have to subtract this $5,000 from my balance on month one and be paid down to here in one month instead of 12 months? If I do do that, then I don't have to give them all of this interest. Then it cost me $2,100 in interest to pay my loan down to here instead of $25,000 in interest to pay my loan down to here. Does that make a difference, everybody? And that is huge. So if I learn how to prepay, so in this case, let's say I make my first payment here in January. My second principal payment would be February's principal payment of $420.20. If I had that money, if I make my payment in January, is there any rule that says I can't give the bank this $420 early? If I give them this money in January, no interest comes out of that money. All that money goes to principal and I'm paid down to here. So here's what you need to understand. Every month when you make your mortgage payment, it costs you money to get this equity. You are creating equity every time you, well, potential equity. You're creating potential equity every time you make a monthly payment. So this potential equity of $420.20 costs $2,097.91. This is why this is not being taught in schools. Here it is. If I make my January payment here, I give the principal payment early. I'm paid down to here in January, and my next mortgage payment for February is now on line three. So for $420, I got rid of line two. I've, re- I've removed, I've turned a 360 month schedule into 359 month schedule. I'm compressing the amortization schedule by choosing when I give money to the bank instead of letting the bank tell me when to give them money so they can charge me interest. So if I give this to them in January, guess what? What happens to this $2,097.91? That's money I never have to pay. You just lowered your overall interest cost on the loan by $2,097. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Wow. So, so tell me this. Oh, go ahead, Bob. Yeah, no, go ahead, go ahead, Al. Go ahead. Go ahead. So don't have a Everybody question. If someone, if someone just went and paid their cumulative principal payment, whatever the 12 month was, and they did that once a year, you're saying they wouldn't pay any interest uh, for any subsequent payments for the rest of that year? Oh, that is a very good question. You have, you're going to make 12 payments a year as long as you have this mortgage. Correct. You're going to make 12 payments a year as long as you have this mortgage. But instead of 
360 payments, my clients generally have about 78 to 90 payments to pay off this mortgage. But you will can have 12 I, payments back, a year. Can you go back to the, the amortization chart, please? Sure. Uh, I just... Because I think it'll help the audience if they can see what I'm uh, under, uh, see what I'm asking. Okay. So let's say in month three, someone didn't know about this, and then they say, "Okay, well, my cumulative interest for twelve months is fifty-one, fifty-seven, sixty-three. So they end up paying that in month four. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you're saying from month five through twelve, they're no longer paying the interest off of that but they still have to continue to make their payment, uh, you know, because obviously they'll foreclose if they didn't. So my question is, month four, they paid a cumulative print a principal of 51, 57, 63. Mm -hmm. So any interest from month five through 12, they're not going to pay. But if they continue to pay their regular monthly payment, now they're paying down interest in, let's say, month 13 through 16. Let's let's look at it this way. It's easier to see it if you do this. OK, uh, I'm just painting a picture here so I can pay every single month for 12 months and I have to give them these interest payments. But if I give them this up front, OK, now my next mortgage payment for if I give if I make my mortgage payment here in January and then I give them all of this principal as well in January, I'm paid down to here in January. February's mortgage payment is now here. I'm on, I'm on line 13 of my amortization schedule. This is my new number two payment instead of this one here. Does that make sense? Got it. Okay. Got it. That's my new number two payment. So this is how easy it is to skip payments and skip interest because when you control the principal payment, you control the loan control the principal payment and you control the loan. This is why if I get a higher interest rate, if I get a higher interest rate and I can afford the payment, I like this because if I take this same loan, duplicate this tab, and I go through all the trouble to get it down to 4%, okay? Here's my new payment. I like the payment. But now look at my principal payment. Now, how much does it cost to get rid of one payment? Okay, so if I have a higher interest rate, $5,000 gets rid of a year's worth of payments. I lower the interest rate, this $5,000 does about this much work for me. It gets rid of eight payments. So this mm. is why I'm saying if I have a higher interest rate, let me manipulate this amortization schedule based on the mm. knowledge of how an amortization schedule actually works. Instead of being told by bankers that the interest, lowering the interest rate is always better. Banks have one product and that's money. Why do they have different prices for it? And why would a bank ever do anything to help you? If it, the more money it seems like you're going to save, it should raise red flags. How do I save my own amount of money with uh, what I can understand how an amortization schedule actually works? Can I talk about uh, just uh, just a couple of things here? We were talking about um, uh, eliminating PMI. OK, so let me let me show you one thing. Twenty percent is 20 percent. Correct. 
Correct. Correct. 20% is 20. 20% is 20%. So on this payment here, $420,000, if I put down 20%, okay, that's $84,000. $84,000 if I want to get rid of PMI. But what if I decide I want to put down just 10% and get this loan? All right? And I was up and I was and I was uh, in the position to pay 20%. Says, well, Don, you still have PMI here if you if you do this. But if I put $42,000 down, I still have $42,000 I can I, I have to spend, right? Correct. That was my question, Don. <laughs> so could I put my $42,000 with my first payment? Look at cumulative principal. Now I put my $42,000 down. Look what it does to this loan. <laughs> and I Take still have my I still have my 20% down, but I'm 89 payments into this thing now. And <laughs> I do have to pay PMI for one month. Now I have to apply to get it taken off. But I would much rather do this with my money. So wait a minute, wait a minute. This is powerful. I need everybody to understand this. So what you're saying is it's it's not even smart to put a bigger down payment. Oh, never. Don't ever, ever, okay. ever, 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 ever put a big down, a huge down payment on a loan or a car. Never pay cash for a house or a car. Get the loan. And then what you do is that you borrow the money at a discount and your cash should be making babies somewhere. That's right. Wow. What's your thoughts on this, Ebony? I, yeah, I want to hear your feedback. Yeah, <laughs> Danny, what's your thoughts? Ken. That was that was my question. So I'm I'm really big on um helping my clients, right? And so I I am I tell them all the time, save your money. Like if you don't need to put down, like you know, they're big on, oh, I need to put down 20%. Why? But like, why would you do that? Keep please don't. Please don't. <laughs> yeah, please don't. Like, Y'all want that bigger loan too. So, yeah. So yeah, that was my question. Like, is it is it best if you have somebody who had who says they have like I don't know ten percent even you know to say well you know get the F get the FHA loan at three and a half percent keep the rest in your pocket and then you know pay towards your principal. Um, and save on that interest. So this is very interesting. I love it. So can I, listen, can I say something here? Here's what we don't know. And this is crucial. When I make a prepayment, has anybody who's ever made a prepayment on a mortgage, credit card, student loan, um, car loan, have you ever received a receipt from the bank saying, here's how much interest you saved because you gave us this extra payment? Anybody? New, because they don't want you to know how little money it takes to kill a lot of interest. Your equity on this thing costs a lot of money. So here's why I tell people when when you hear the idea of marry um, the house, but date the rate. OK. And I heard um, somebody say, you know, I don't really recommend uh, uh refinancing so um, for, for right away. Here's what you need to understand. If I refinance this loan, all right, if I refinance this loan, I got a 6% interest rate. If I refinance this loan later, 
All right. And I'm using the same interest rate all the way down. I'm using the same interest rate all the way down. Um, people generally refinance um, about year five, between year five and year seven. Okay. Here's where I am. Okay. And if I refinance this loan, I, I have um, $390,000 here. Okay. And that's how much I'm going to refinance. And then if I put in uh, $10,000 on that as a closing cost, now I'm back up to $400,000, correct? Yep. So far, so good? So let's, take, so. This, let's take this number. We're going to copy that. We're going to open this up and put this new number in as my new loan. Here's my new loan. And I'm going to add another 10000 for closing costs. So now I'm up to $400,000, And let's say I can get, uh, you know, I'm going to get a 5% interest rate now. All right. I get a new payment. And most people don't realize you're getting a real, uh, most of the time you're getting a new 30-year loan. So if you're in for five years and you get a new 30-year loan, isn't that a 35-year mortgage? Um, just to say that. Now, let's take a look at what it costs to pay off the first $10,000. In the first year, I pay off $5,900 of the refinance cost, uh, of the closing cost. It takes me 20 months to pay off the first $10,000 that I rolled into the loan how much interest did I pay on that ten thousand dollars? God damn! Is that a three hundred percent loan all day? Wow! Mm. All crazy. day, every Thanks. day. So, did this refinance just cost me forty three thousand dollars? What you gotta say, Ken? I got nothing to say, man. I'm listening, bro. You know, <laughs> I'm learning. A wise man say, if you talking, you not you not listening. So I'm over here quiet. Okay, so there are times. There are times. Let me say, let, let me say let me say this. There are times when you have to refinance. Okay, let's say in the case of a divorce, roll your ref, roll your fee into the loan, and then pay off that fee in the first month. Boom, you knock twenty months off this loan. Hey. Come on now. No, you preaching today, but I have a question. Go right ahead. I love this concept, especially for owner-occupied property. Um, what's your perspective on if this were investors with an extensive portfolio? Because we get the deduct interest and it's still cash flows. Uh, so what's your thoughts? Would you still recommend this method? Uh, for someone that maybe has a buy and hold portfolio that's all cash flow? Um, most definitely, because if you could do this. So um, if I have an investor with this same with this same property, the investor has the same property. And let's just say they have some money in reserve so that they can handle repairs and maintenance. How many investors keep that money in a savings account making one tenth of one percent? Okay, so if I have 20 grand in, in savings and I know how much I'm 
out of my rents, I know how much I'm putting into my reserve account. I know how much I'm putting in my reserve account. So uh, every month I can take some money out of my reserve account, $12,000 out of my reserve account, apply it to this mortgage. I get this much equity, not for $39,000. I get this much equity for $1,600. We can't see your screen, screen, Don. Uh Uh-oh, let's put that back on the screen. I'm sorry. Okay, I get this. So if uh, here's my equity. If I have if I have some money in reserve, all right, I'm have it sitting in the bank at uh, one tenth of one percent. What if I prepaid this twelve thousand dollars on this loan and eliminated a lot of interest and paid it down to here? Okay, so now this equity cost didn't cost me thirty nine thousand dollars. This equity cost me sixteen hundred dollars instead. So if I'm a real estate investor, I'm not worried about paying this loan off. What I'm worried about is, can I cash out refi 10 to 15 years sooner where I can take out uh, $100,000 to reinvest? But here's the great great thing. It's going to cost me about $75,000 in interest to get here instead of 222,000. Here's what we lose track of, interest cost. And all real estate investors I've ever talked to talk about making money on the front end, but they never talk about how much interest did I pay to make that money? And they're not subtracting the interest cost as a real expense. So if I subtracted my interest cost from my profits, would I really have a profit then? Mm. So now well, we I have... Think that's, go I ahead. think that's dope. I, I think the only variable that's not being calculated, I don't think you can, is the opportunity cost of them saving 100, what was it, 150? How much interest did they save? Listen, yeah, if, if you can save 150k to do that. So actually, I'm actually going to do a show on that very thing. <laughs> on, right. but, but, on, but that's on, my question because yeah. if they have to spend X to save Y, right? Going back to my algebra days, right? We're still not calculating the opportunity cost if they put that additional principal payment into other investments. What's what's the difference? And I don't think you can do that. But that was just my, I mean, this is phenomenal. I think it's going to be at the choice of the investor because I would give you pushback and say, well, instead of paying 75K to save 150 in interest, what if I invested at 75K in different projects and had a greater return? Which one, the better outcome, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But this is, I love that question, man. I love that question because, in fact, we're going to do a show on this in the next couple of days. Um, And here's what we would tell that investor. It, once you have a percentage of your rents that you're bringing in that you want to reinvest, please do that. Don't stop investing. Don't stop investing. But you have some other money sitting on the sideline doing nothing. So what about a, a balanced approach where you can, because you know uh, we've got some folks right now that are saying, don't pay off your mortgage. We're going to do a whole show on don't pay off your mortgage. 
Don't pay it off. I'm doing that next week. Okay. Don't pay off your mortgage and then take all the monies you can and invest that money and then make that compound interest for years. But what if now here's the other thing. If I do that, here's what I do. The, the, the real opportunity cost is a problem because guess what? I, guess what else I can't invest? That $222,000 I gave to the bank in interest can't invest that either. So wow. what if I have a certain percentage that I can invest and then I learn how to save interest? Now, here is the killer. I need to show you this. So if I put an if I put a calculator on the screen, all right, and I just do one thing, here's here's the ROI. I if I prepay this, I don't have to pay the sixteen the sixteen hundred dollars. Okay, so I have sixteen uh, sixteen sixty eight eleven. Divided by what I paid to get this, okay? I prepaid the 483. So I'm going to divide that by $483.62. And then multiply the answer by 100. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a 344% return on my money. Where else can I get that? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we're not looking at. And this is exactly what the bank wants us to not pay attention to. We are conditioned not to know this because the real estate, inve the, the, the investor that bought your mortgage, they get all of this money every single month. And they're counting on you to pay it for 30 years. Real quick, Don, I, I got to listen. This is good stuff. This is this is really good stuff. <laughs> what is the effective interest rate? Because a lot of times we hear, you know, we were excited about the three percent interest rates, the four percent interest rates, and I know uh, Danny was just talking about the four and five percent interest rates that they're giving to first-time home buyers as builders incentives. Can you kind of break down what uh, a three percent, four percent interest rate actually looks like in reality if we were to look at it in in, in, in a fair cost. Okay. Um, so here is that's, that's two questions. So let me tell you what a, a, a um, effective interest rate we do for our clients. Here's somebody with $688,000. They got a couple of loans. They got some credit cards and they have a mortgage of $630,000. When we add it all up, the bank wants $320,741 in interest on this loan. When we work with them, they're only going to pay about $80,000 in interest, which means that's a $240,000 interest savings. That's 75% off. And if I do the calculation, if I'm going to pay this much interest on that much debt, I would have to have an interest rate of, of 0.75% across the board to make that happen. If I got that money from the bank, mm. if I'm only going to pay this much interest, I'm going that this would be this would be the effective interest rate. So if I can borrow money this cheaply, what am I ever doing paying cash for anything? Mm. I can take money and be making money with my money. So the opportunity cost here that we're not computing that real estate investors 
and and um, uh, uh, residential home buyers are not computing is what could I do with the money I did not give in interest over the next 20 years and turn it into $2 million? $617,000. That's money I did not give to the bank. That's the real crime. That's the real opportunity cost. So tell me this, Don, what is the real, so let's say if I have a 5% interest rate with a bank right now on my first, I'm a first time home buyer. I got a 5% interest rate, 4% interest rate. I'm excited. Yeah. Cause I'm thinking I'm, I'm, I'm really on my way. What is that effective interest rate can you can you educate us on that well actually it is the total interest see in 19 uh, uh, and uh, correct me if i'm wrong in 2015 this had to become prominent in your paperwork as a home buyer here's my five percent interest rate okay when i take a look at my interest cost over 30 years three hundred seventy three thousand seven hundred ninety four dollars that really means total interest paid as a percentage of principal, 93%. Wow. Okay. And, wow. and now that has to be prominent in your paperwork three days before you close. And it wasn't always so. So you mean to tell me, wait a minute, let me get this right. So my, four, what is this? A five, no, this is a 5% interest rate. 5% interest rate is technically, I want everybody to listen to this. A 5% interest rate is technically a 93.25% interest rate. That's how much, that, that's how much, if you, if you pay it the bank's way, you're going to pay back 93% of what you borrowed. So let me put it this way. So it'll be easy to understand. Okay. We're going to, right there. we're going to look at, we're going to look at, um, we're going to look at this. Here is a hundred thousand dollar loan at 5%, okay? This is how much interest they want on a $100,000 loan at 5%, $93,255, right there, see? That's a $100,000 loan at 5%. Now listen, oh, no, 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 Don, that's 5%. What if it was 3%? Lord have mercy, we, let's get, what if we could get it right back down to there? 3%, well, now they want 51,776. That's a 51% loan all day. Wow. All 3% loans for 30 years are 51% loans. Oh, what wow. you us, man? I know you're big on the numbers, yeah. man. Your numbers yeah. guy. No, he's absolutely yeah. right. I need to get y'all in there. I think that Derek's so here's, my thought on, here, here's my thought on that. Don's uh, absolutely correct. So a lot of things that he's preaching... I agree with, I think there are some things that I disagree with, but that's just from an investment philosophy. If you pay off all the interest as an investor, you don't have anything to deduct. So if you have nothing but pure cash flow, now you got tax ramifications and depending on your tax bracket, you know, that that's a whole thing that needs to be calculated as well. So I think- Can I help you there? Approach. Can oh, I help you on, there? Let me, okay. one sec. So, um, but he's absolutely right. Uh, you look at card notes, they're the same way. You got to a 20% or I don't know, 15% interest rate. You got bad credit on a card note and they give you an eight year term. If he ran the, I mean, Don, can you run the amortization real quick? If they had a, if, if I, let's say I had bad credit and they let me get it with no down payment and gave me a 18% interest rate. 
and it's a $35,000 vehicle, but I'm paying 18% on an 84 month term. Share your screen, Don. Uh, he'll show you what the effective rate is. It's astronomical, right? Oh, and so oh. people do that every day on everything that they finance. So I completely agree with him on it. I just need to do the math to say what's a good blended approach if I don't want to get rid of all the interest because I have tenants paying them. All right. Well, here's here's what you here's what you here's what you just asked me to put on here. Thirty five thousand dollars at eighteen percent. Okay. Um, now here's what I'm looking at. Here's the interest payment on this thing. It's five hundred and twenty five dollars a month. Okay, five hundred twenty five dollars a month. And most people would look at this eighteen percent and say, you know what? I don't want to pay that. But let me tell you this. The interest cost is what matters. The interest cost is what matters. I may not right. like to see 18%, okay? But I, I may have a mortgage, I may have a mortgage uh, that is 5%, okay? But look at my, I'm gonna go crazy about my interest rate, but I'm not gonna pay attention to my interest cost and I may be focused on trying to pay off that car loan when it's only costing me $500 a month when my mortgage is costing me $1,600 a month. I lose complete. I, I, I don't pay attention to this. It's, call, it's called uh, inattentional blindness. We are blind to what we don't pay attention to. And if we look at interest rate, we're going to lose sight of interest cost. And actually, the interest cost on the car is cheaper than this mortgage. My God, mm -hmm. this is good stuff. What's your thoughts, Danny? And oh, Danny on the phone. What's your thoughts about that, uh, Ms. Ebony? You know, that somebody just entered the chat. Yeah, Don cooking with hot grease, man. Like, <laughs> listen, I don't disagree with anything on an amateur uh, amateurization schedule. I just think um, when you you have to uh, evaluate the interest cost when you are an investor versus if i was to pay xyz in advance what's my what am i what's my opportunity cost of not deploying that in another investment right exactly. and so exactly. i think a blended approach it makes a whole lot of sense to where maybe and i gotta get with you on this dog because we gotta we gotta get together and mathematically do the numbers because i'm a data guy but it's like hey if you pay the the principal uh the cumulative principal once a year for that 12 months I don't know how many years you save off the mortgage, but I know it would be consider considerable versus just, you know, I don't know, paying maybe the last the next eight years of the cumulative principal and seeing how many how much time you save versus maybe just paying one and then that other seven years you put it into something else. Exactly. You know what I'm saying, Dom, yeah. we talk I, the same language. Listen, we are high level, but we two nerds talking. Well, listen, you you me, you all you all told us to keep it you know keep it real and keep it basic. I love it. I love it. Let me get uh, let me get Ebony in on this. I, I, I know she got to head out here in a little bit. Uh, Ebony, real quick, uh, what's your thoughts on what you just heard and also where people can reach you if they need to? Yes. So this is definitely an interesting um, concept. I think it's going to benefit a lot of um, buyers with understanding where where to put your money. Um, and in addition, I, I do have more questions. Man, I wish I could stay around. <laughs> hey, you can always I, come back now. Yeah. Three, what, you got three live shows a week? Yeah. Uh, no. 
Yeah, two live shows a week. We're on YouTube. Go to ice10k.com and contact us. And we'll give you all the free information you need to help your clients. Okay. All right. Because I, you know, I do have questions about not paying off the mortgage. You know, when you say that, uh, because in my mind, I'm like, you pay off the mortgage. I mean, you know, from there, you're, you're able to maybe sell or finance if you want, you know, make some interest yourself. Um, yep. Yeah. So it, it, I have questions, but <laughs> <laughs> so I do have to run. This has been amazing. Um, great information. You can actually reach me at uh, E Royal Realtor on IG. You can also visit me at Royal Real www.royalrealestatepro. That is my website. Um, and you can also Contact me via text message. Uh, my number is 713-545-7102. Love it. Appreciate you. Appreciate you joining this morning. Yeah, appreciate you. All right. You guys have a good rest of your show. Absolutely. Yes, Danny, man. I got to get you in on this. Hey, so, oh, go ahead. Oh, and Ken, you know I got to get you in on it. But I want to hear <laughs> Danny's perspective because, you know, here's the thing. It goes back to what we were talking about before when – Ken was saying, look, you're going to pay for this regardless, right? Whether you get that lower interest rate right now, you still some, some kind of way you're going to still pay for it. So, Danny, what's your take now that you know that that higher interest rate can be bought down by just paying less up front and just paying that over time with just extra payments? What's your thoughts? I think it was very informative. I truly believe this is why when you are putting out their home buyer seminars and you're getting people to come in, this is why people need to show up for things because I had no clue about any of this, you know, right? So I've bought, I've bought my home. I've had, I have investment properties. I've done these things, but I've never knew this. You, so this is like, I want to talk to Dawn even further, you know? So um, my background is children with special needs, autistic kids. I've taught kids that with autism for 11 years. And I always say that there are something special. I have always said that. Um, so just hearing Don and him explain it to me in details, I'm like, okay. But at the end of the day, am I going to push them over to Ken? No. Keep it real. Keep it real. So it's like at the end of the day, um, you have to you have to be willing to learn, and today was it was more so of a learning experience for me than me being able to say um to than me being able to put out knowledge for them on what's so special about Dior Horton and you know buying new construction right so I say buy new construction but also get with Don on how to leverage that new construction home um to do more. Absolutely. So I, I really don't have any comeback for it. Uh, the proof is in the data. <laughs> was provided, you know. So, I mean, yeah, I would like to talk with Don further. Move, you know, after this, um, to get some things on my from from my personal self. But this is why home buyer seminars and lives and events and things of that sort is important because we don't know everything, and I am truly ignorant to the MLO side. That's why I can't speak on that. You know, I just know to get out there and sell. I'm a saleswoman. Like, I can sell. I can get a buyer out there, new construction, and I can get them from, they could be with Ken, and I can get them over to DHI like this. 
You know what I'm saying? Maybe. Absolutely. Maybe. You know, so, right. I'm just saying, like, if, if they're out there, I can get them to apply with the application at that moment. Now, when they go back home and then get back on the phone with Ken and say, well, this is what I did. I'm sorry I applied. And then Ken then goes in and be like, nah, come on back over to the home. <laughs> I'm, you know, so just knowing more about it, I feel like that I would, um for a lot of my younger parents, single parents, single mothers, I think that I would be more willing to explain the the approach that Don was giving us today, this morning. So I thank you it. for that information. That was some great knowledge of me. Yeah. Ken. Was- hey, we appreciate you being here this morning. You was real yeah. honest and authentic. You ain't loving that's a lot. So a real being. The cool thing though is I'm not a hater though. So I send my clients to new construction as well. But I make sure I have my relationship with my new home construction people like, hey, when you see my client come through, Make sure they come back to me. You know what I mean? I make to make sure. <laughs> a lot of new construction, a lot of my new construction salesmen, when they need to sell some houses, they'll call me like, hey, Ken, what you got in your pipeline? We have some pre-approved buyers. We'll offer these certain incentives because we know that you will get them closed. So I always teach my loan officers to go and make relationships with new construction builders because you just never know. You know what I mean? Maybe they mad at their lender today and they just want to send it to somebody else. They have, they can, they can do that. You know what I mean. So, and I, and when realtors come back and tell me that they can't, I tell them that they lie. But I wanted to bring, I wanted to bring my, uh, my, my little cousin, man. This is my, my brother, my little cousin, into the man, call. Derek, Derek Davis, Pastor Derek Davis Jr. <laughs> of the Grace Church International. He's an accountant by by trade. Uh, he may I actually probably need to connect with this guy, man. The stuff he got going on is absolutely amazing. But Bo, well, I call we call him Bo in the family. Derek bought uh his house. When did you buy your house, Derek? Man, do an introduction, do an introduction, Derek. Do an introduction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, uh Kenny G. My cousin Kenny Man is what we call him. He say he called me Bo. We call him Kenny Man. But uh uh yeah, I'm an accountant. I've been I've been working in this field since I uh well really since 2014. It's been about eight years. I've been a I've I've worked from being a clerk all the way to an assistant director for the county here in Harris uh in here in Houston. And uh I have my own business now, consulting, consulting company where I uh consult back with Harris County and have some other clients that I do bookkeeping with, but personally I uh, I was on this plan of getting out of debt. And last week I made my last payment on my house. And so, um, you know, one element that how old you, I know. How old, you, how old are you, Derek? How old are you, Derek? I'm 32 years old. Oh, damn. Congrats. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. When you bought yeah. the house? Wow. How long were you bought the house? About, about it in 17. Uh, when, when it was the, I, I say the good old days, because right now it's, you know, a different day. But uh, uh, in the good old days, and uh, me and my wife, we were able to pay it off in seven years, almost exact. We bought it February of 2017, and we just paid it off last week, almost exactly seven years. And to, uh, just to add to it, you know, I, I'm a nerd, too, and I have spreadsheets and stuff. And, and my uh, uh, the total that I paid in interest was $37,000. Uh, where's my other spreadsheet? I'm got so many spreadsheets up over here, but uh, $37,426.38, you know, and uh, it was 20 about 23% of um, um, of of 
my total payment, I had to pay in interest. So like he was saying about the the 90 something percent, you know, mine would have came out to 80 some percent. I had four and a half percent as the interest rate. So that's definitely something to to take in consideration when not paying it off early. But the other element I wanted to add is it's peace of mind. You know, when when you when you're debt free and don't have any debt, that peace of mind when things happen in the economy, you know, uh, for, you know, things are going on. The only houses that can foreclose are the houses that have mortgages, you know. So, you know, it's it's just that peace of mind that we feel now that sometimes um, it's not taken into consideration when when not paying it. Up. May I add to that, please? OK, now that because he has the spreadsheets and I love that he has a spreadsheet so he knows how much interest he did not pay. You know how much interest you did not pay. So what if you, what if you strategically um, and methodically take that money and now start investing it, the interest you didn't pay? Oh, exactly. And now, so, and, and so you were supposed to be in that for 30 years, but you were in it for seven. So if you strategically to invest that money for the next 23 years, it compounded interest at between seven and nine percent. Lord have mercy. Regular people with with W-2 jobs become millionaires off the money they did not pay the bank. Wow. I'm done. You know, you know what's so dope about this? <laughs> what's so dope about this is that I feel like everybody that is listening to this call, listen, if there's any major takeaway, right, get you a property that you know for a fact you have some money in your budget that you can add to it so you can get in and out of that mortgage faster and cheaper. Because at the end of the day, here's the deal. A lot of us are, are, are going to pay two and three times more than what that property is worth. And so when you pay that much money, do you really have equity? When you pay three times what a property is worth, right, do you really have the equity in your property that you think you have. I'm going to say this again. Let's say, for instance, if your property goes up $50,000, right? $50,000 in the next 10 years, but you've literally paid three times what that property is worth over the 30 years. Mm. Do you really mm. have equity in your house? Mm. No, no. So, so if we are really trying to take advantage of the information that's being shared today, we need to be putting ourselves in a position to where we can really have equity in our house. And how do we do that? We have to be listening to people like Don and what he's sharing, because that is the only way you really going to truly be able to experience the equity. Just like what Derek was just talking about earlier. He paid his house off. He only gave them people $32,000 for his house. Right. When if he would have went the traditional plan, he probably would have gave them people a hundred and fifty something thousand dollars for that house. Maybe more. I don't know. But the, but but what we have to take from this stuff is not only do we have to be smart with how we go into these houses, make sure we have the right teams around us when we go into these houses, make sure that we are picking the right lender partner. Right. When we go into these houses. But we also also have to make sure that we're paying these houses off the right way and paying interest at the cheapest possible cost. Yep. So real, real quick, I got to give it to Derek. 
Derek, how did you learn to go into this situation that way? And then we also want to hear from uh, 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 E.T. as well on how he was able to do the same thing. Derek, what was the mindset going into this this play? How, what, what what triggered you to do this? So it was a basis, and and it's it's pr- probably won't sound unfamiliar, but uh, I have to give credit where credit is due. And so uh, my my wife, you know, introduced me to this uh, young man named Dave Ramsey, and uh, we 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 got on board and uh, went went through the debt-free process, but it was really foundational upon two scriptures, one in Proverbs 22, seven, that says the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. And then Romans 13, eight, that says, let no debt remain outstanding, except the continuing debt to love one another for whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. So just by those principles, you know, we, we just saw it and said, hey, it's truth. Let's not deny it. Let's go for it and get it done. And um, we, we're just so blessed to be able to see um, us come to this finish line because it was a mountain. You know, I had student loans of 62000 We had a car note of, of uh, 16000 credit cards and, and personal loans, you know, and things like that. It was a mountain to look at, but now, you know, just seven years later, and that's seven years for the house, not including, we did the student loans in there, and the, the, the cars in there and the credit cards in, in within this seven year period. And so the other part is you, once you put numbers to paper, you don't realize how much fast, how fast you can get out of it. It, wow. it seems like it's a huge mountain. But once you write it, and there's another scripture that we go, write it down, make it plain. You know, Rebecca 2-2, write the vision, make it plain. And that's one thing we did as well. And we're just seeing the results of the, the scripture's work. Well, hey, man, ET did free. something they're similar. Free. At 32, hey, they're free. They promised e- me a vacation once you paid off that house. And you see me, they text me. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> ET did the same yeah. thing. And he, he actually utilized uh, Dunn's. Uh, plan. I know that Dunn and and I think Dave Ramsey has one as well. But I think Dunn's yours is a little bit more specific in terms of the numbers. But uh, let's 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 hear what Et had to say about it. Listen to me, y'all. But one of his mentees took us through one of their programs, and I paid off my mortgage. But guess what happened? My marriage went to a whole nother level. And you know why? Because my wife is a security freak. And even when I blew up, my wife would be like, oh, you blew up, but how long is you gonna keep making this kind of money? I was like, I don't know, forever. <laughs> She's like, you sure? Cause I'm gonna keep my license as a nurse, just in case you don't. So when I paid the house off, my boy was like, you ain't gotta do that, you can do this. But when I paid the house off using that program, it took the stress level all the way down from my wife cause we no longer had a mortgage. Yeah. Does that make sense? That thing that was coming every month that was getting on our nerves, we didn't have that no more. And so she was at rest. You got that same feeling, Derek? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Wife is at peace. And that's that's a that's another thing too, you know. She ain't she ain't crying to me about about money, you know. She she got it to spend. I love it. So Danny, real quick, what's your take on I guess, you know, from a first-time home buyer's perspective, 
What would you say are some of the major takeaways that you gained from this conversation as well as what advice would you give somebody new that's looking to get that first house and they don't trust nobody, right? What would you, what advice would you give that person? So a lot of my first time home buyers, they're coming with little to no money anyways, right? Mm -hmm. So they're looking for all this money to help them. They're looking for down payment assistance. They're looking for closing costs. They're looking for fridge and blinds and all this other stuff. So, but if I was, so that's kind of like what I work with, but being a realtor, I will go back in. I think I will kind of, use all what Don was saying, you know, kind of go on with piggyback on some of the stuff Ken was saying, like, look at it this way. Don't put this amount of money down, you know, conventional three to 5%, just hold off, you know, do what you can save some of that money and then pay later. It just will really be pretty much telling them what I've learned today. This is knowledge that I've never had to give before. So like, so now it's like you're relearning me. Like I'm learning this, like I'm being taught how to work with these buyers. Just period. Like, so I don't, you know, so it's like at the end of the day, like you guys kind of shut me up a little bit, you know? So like, hey. am I all for <laughs> 4.5? No, not if I know I can help us. You know what I'm saying? So not if I know that I can help us win down the line. So it's kind of like I would get with them. I would just say, hey, if you come with us and you do this, I definitely want to see your chart once you're closed so that I can walk you through. So now this goes beyond just getting you to the closing table. Now I'm getting with you to kind of sort of teach you what I do know a little bit about, but also refer you back to the Kins and the Dons to kind of get you to maybe go with Ken to refi and then get with Dawn on how you can pay this amount that you didn't have to put down at this time of your mortgage, like your first mortgage payment. That's kind of like what I will go to. So now it's like I'm establishing this relationship well beyond the table. So it's no it. longer like, here's your closing gift. Thank you for choosing us. I, I love it. Ken. You know, so. your, I love it. Thank thoughts, you. Ken? Yeah. Say it again. What's your thoughts, man? What's your feedback? Man, uh, let me tell you, Don shut it down. You know, it, I mean, I learned so much today from him, you know, my side of it, just helping people uh, get into the homes, you know, the education piece. I like, I love to educate my borrowers and I'm going to actually start. I Googled it and American Toil is on page two, um, but I'm going to uh, start using the pill method and educate my borrowers on how to pay off their mortgages. Right. I was excited to see that my little cousin paid off his mortgage in seven years. He said he was going to do it. I remember we were eating barbecue at Uncle Bobby's house one day. He said he was going to do it. And a couple of years later, he did it. You know what I mean? Um, but to see people and to see my people able to purchase real estate um, and own real estate and have equity and have a net worth, that is what's most important to me. You know, I went head head up with uh, UWM, which is one of the largest mortgage companies in the, uh, in the United States, really in the world. And Rocket Pro, they got beef. And I went heads up with them a few weeks ago. And I was like, y'all billionaire beef has nothing to do with my black people getting to these homes. So y'all keep it to yourself. I said that. And I said, I hope this this, this phone call is, uh, is monitored so you guys can hear this too. You know what I mean? I said it and I meant it because my 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 number one goal with Top Choice Lending is to make sure that people have a fair opportunity to get into a home. 
because not all banks are going to give clients a fair opportunity. They're not going to spend the time with them when they need a little work. You know what I mean? They're not going to give them the best rate because they have an 800 credit score. Uh, redlining still exists. Racism still exists in the industry. Uh, me owning a mortgage company is still a rarity. Having 22 um, diverse and minority loan officers, because we, we're nice, not just black, we have brown um, in there as well. We have Indian. We are. We, my company is full of minorities, right? And to see that and have twenty-two of us go in and face this world every day to help people buy homes is our most important thing and our number one goal. And to see my little cousin, who literally we got our butts whooped together when we was younger. He was a ring leader, but now he a pastor. I'm just gonna say that. Um, to see him own real estate and buy real estate to see him have his spreadsheet to see him understand how real estate works and how to use his money it, it's a, it excites me because we aren't taught this when we we're younger our parents didn't know to teach us this stuff and so if i can put and do my one percent and put out any type of education in the world how to buy properties how to properly educate you on what you're getting it's okay to get those incentives it's okay to get those down payment assistance programs as long as you're educated on what you're getting that's all that matters to me um and that's my take on it real quick uh ken where can people um, find you if they are looking to you know further connect with you or if they want to even get along hey yeah, man let's talk about it love that long stuff uh, my IG is right here on the screen. It's Ken.Gilliard. You can find me on IG at Ken.Gilliard or at Top Choice Lending. Um, you also have TopChoiceLending.net or .com, either one of those. Um, my phone number at 832-525-0186. Um, but it's probably best to hit me in the DM because my phone rings all day uh, between my loan officers and the clients. I still produce to this day, people may see me in my my two new venues I have, but I still produce loans every single day. Um, and so you always like I say, hit me on the DMs, Ken Gilliard. I'll connect you with one of my amazing loan officers that work with me. I got two of them that's on my call right now. Um, I'm not sure if any any of them are on this right now, but we really go through and I educate my loan officers to be an education to everybody else. I want to make sure that my people understand real estate and how real estate made me uh, the allow me the lifestyle I live today. How I'm able to go and purchase real estate every single day. How I'm able to walk in these houses, flip these houses, own commercial properties, own all this stuff to make my life, my family's life, and everybody's life possible I mean, is made through real estate. And I want to explain the importance of how real estate is and why I fight so hard and why I take the type of clientele I take and why I go so hard and why I'm up early in the morning, why, why we go to bed late and why I'm developing other my other everybody on my team. I hold them accountable to have the same type of mindset. And you can't be on my team. And you if you're over here just for the money, you got to be here for the passion. And the thing is to get people into real estate. I love it. And Ooh, shout out to Refined and Resilient Solutions for the for the super chat. We really appreciate yes, those. <laughs> we really appreciate gotta, those. Before Don go, man, I got a question for uh, Derek, man. Since you paid off everything, what's the, what's the next steps, man? What would you plan on doing? The next step is, is just as Don said, be a millionaire. That's 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 our goal is to yep. invest that 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 extra that we hadn't had to pay to the bank. We can invest that in, into ourselves, you know. So I love it. Hey, the, the primary right now is my wife said, uh, can we do a vacation, please? Let's do it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So y'all been sacrificing so the last five years. I'm including myself in that vacation, all right? <laughs> all right, right, right. But it's truly a blessing. 
I love it. Appreciate it. So, Don, man, more people trying to pay off some houses. How can they reach you? Listen, man, you want to go to ice10k.com. That's I-C-E, the number 10, the letter K.com, and request um, um, a free savings and earnings report. You see, we have a cloud-based AI computing platform that does all of the math and tells you exactly how much money to move, what month to move it in, what day to move it on, and which loan to attack. And each time we do that, we're going to calculate your interest savings, not just your interest savings, but your optimized interest savings per dollar. We're going to make your money work harder with the math. It's not magic. It's just math. And so when you have a program that does all of that work for you and tells you exactly what to do and when, that's what we're going to do. It's not just paying off the house fast. We want to pay off the debt cheap because I'm cheap. (laughs) I love it. Danny, what can they reach you? IG, Danny Peck 23. Facebook, just Danny Peck. And that's you if you're trying to get that hard house? Oh, it's only in Louisiana. Only in Louisiana. Hey, only man, they got a lot of Houston people in here. You know, the, the yeah. price is high now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love it. We well, appreciate you, Miss Danny. Thanks for having me. This is great. Man, it was a great episode, man. The thing about it is you got to take the information, give it, and put it to use. You know, a lot of people man. just sit here and get information, but they never use it. You know, it's pointless if you don't actually use the information. Hit up the people that's here. You know, they gave out their contact, their contact information. You got to call them up, man. Have a have a conversation. Of course, you may have questions that you didn't want to talk about publicly. Call them up. You know, DM, ask ask them your questions. But most important thing is, you know, we have these these conversations so y'all can be better in life. We can be better in life. We can make better choices. We actually understand what's going on because most times we get taken advantage of because we don't ask the right questions. We don't know what's going on. We don't know who to call. To help us. That's why we having these conversations. Absolutely. And I would say, man, you know, my major takeaways on this whole was, you know, at the end of the day, you have to look at your effective equity, right? If you're paying a house off for 30 years, and if you're not taking heed to some of the things that you heard that Don was talking about, that Derek was talking about, you don't have the equity that you think you have, right? And then again, right, we've all been taught, put your 20% down payment down. Put your 30% down payment down. Listen, you just heard some information today that is contrary to that. It may not be the smartest decision to put 20% down. It may be smarter to put 5%, 10% down and take that other pocket of money and pay that towards your mortgage early so you can pay less in overall interest for the long term, right? Buying down interest points may not be the smartest thing to do, right? So you need to really look at the numbers Look at your situation and evaluate what's going to be the most valuable for you over time, right? So so these are the things that we're not typically taught. We're taught, yeah, put down a massive down payment. You're doing yourself a favor. No, you're not. No, you're not all the time. Sometimes it's better to put down a smaller down payment and make bigger payments towards that, that, that payment, right? Also, whenever you're looking to get a, a, a lender, right, sometimes it's better to go with the 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 uh, the lender that is working with the the builder if it's a new construction and sometimes it's better to go with an outside lender right because the outside lender can shop your stuff with multiple lenders at one time with only pulling your credit one time right with the 
builder, you're typically only stuck with one lender, right? So you have to know that going into the dough. Uh, <clears throat> also, whenever you're dealing with a realtor, it may not be the dopest thing to just go with your cousin or your auntie no. and just because, right? Just because you hey, cool I ain't gonna lie. It's gonna be some beef in the family if you don't, but it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. You gotta go with the person <laughs> that is the most experienced, who has the most connections. Qualified, and you need to ask man. those questions, like what kind of incentives do you know about, right? And how do they work for me? Right. In my particular situation. Right. So these are all of the things that we need to be paying attention to as first time home buyers or really any kind of home buyer, whether it's your first, second or third. Um, so I just hope y'all gather some information from today's show. Um, I know I did. It was a phenomenal, uh, 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 you know, educational event for me. Oh, what, what was your thoughts on today's show? Information overload. Man. Yes, you got to go back and watch this two, three times, man. Absolutely. I think it was great, man. Especially hearing from Derek Payne's house off at 31, 32, but crazy. crazy. But all his debt. All his debt. Because I'm 30. Shit, I got plenty of debt. I need to figure out how, how connect. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So I, think it was a, I think it was a great show, man. But I think it was very impactful um, because a lot of people have home buyer situations, but it, I don't think it ever go this deep. They don't have a Don on, the, on their side. You know what I'm Facts. saying? The stuff Don was talking about was like next level. And that can help us for home, like the homes that we own personally and the homes in our business. Because me personally, I want to have a, a lot of my portfolio paid off by the time I'm 40. So stuff Don teaching is going to get me there where I need to be. And I want to add something too, y'all. Also, it's never too late to start, but just know that if you start making those payments that Don was talking about early in your mortgage, you save the most money. Okay. Yeah. So when you start making those extra payments early, you save the most amount of money because that is when the banks take the most amount of interest. So I need everybody to understand that clearly. So you want to get started on this stuff early, not later. So Yes, sir. The interest is front loaded. But man, we had a good show. Make sure y'all like the video because we ain't, we ain't call y'all a lot today. Make sure y'all like it before we get out of here. Yeah. Like, share with somebody and make sure if you want to join the family, hit the link next to the subscribe button. Join. They got three levels. Trailblazer, Visionary, Legacy. Make sure you join the family, man. Appreciate, um, who is that? Uh, Refine and Resilient Solutions for the Super Chat. We appreciate y'all, man. Y'all have a good day. Enjoy y'all weekend. We'll see y'all Tuesday, 6.30 a.m. Central Standard Time. Peace. What's up, y'all? So most people struggle with sales. A lot of us in real estate, and we struggle with our sales. We struggle with follow-up. We struggle with leads. And we're just basically missing out on deals. For me, I just got on Taskify CRM. They send messages out for you. And look, a lot of us have work. When you get off of work, you have hot leads ready for you. Make sure you check out Taskify CRM. I'm telling you, it automatically replies for you. And look, it sends you multiple messages. Like we're talking about drip, drip campaigns, so you're not missing up on the lead follow-up. So make sure you check out Taskify CRM. Use coupon code NOSTINGENERGY to get 10% off. I'm about to show you all inside my CRM so I can see how it really works. Make sure you check it out. Peace.